I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Live commentaries and podcasts. This is Rebel Yell from the WFC Supporters Association. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Welcome to the post-season edition of the Rebel Yell Podcast. Spencer, how are you doing, mate? The season is finally over. We haven't forgotten about you, listeners. We were waiting for the women's season to finish. And what a wait and what what perfect wait that was, Spence. Oh, well, I'm all good, mate. Thank you very much for asking. Yeah, you know, it's worth the wait, wasn't it? It's even more glory to Baskin on the uh, Worthen FC front. We've got the uh, the women, the men have had a best season ever and the under-18s as well. And no podcast would be complete without this man that doesn't seem to disappear when he just appears on our screens when podcasts are recording doesn't he Spencer I mean I mean because Pete couldn't be bothered to turn up tonight I guess we have to ask for a, a quality replacement and um what did you say is a replacement I just think it's a substitution and um that man is the none other than Stuart Evans <laughs> he's he's fresh from his run and he's swimming the Worthing Sea so uh and as Spencer said no no excrement was found on his head when he came out of the sea so uh, how are you doing <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm all good, thank you, mate. Yeah, Let me guess, you're counting blessing. down the days till uh, you're back in pre-season training already, aren't you? You um, hate the summer, don't you? I always say I'm counting them down. No, to be honest with you, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the time off, but also missing it at the same time. We had our um, under-14s play Brighton Elite tonight at Lansing, so I was there watching that. Um, going down the club, um, yeah, down the club quite often. Anyway, I've been down the club. Uh, once or twice over the last week, doing some one to ones with with some players, and yeah, I can't, I can never stay away. He has this like magnetic draw. That just, just, you just, you just can't turn off, can you? Well, no, Spencer, you, Spencer you did say that like it's the first time we've interviewed Stu in 
will forever, even if it's been on Zoom or he hasn't been done the club. <laughs> but but we've we've since now found out since that conversation he's been watching under fourteen. So yeah, exactly. So he can't yeah, stay but... away. But we digress. We digress. We've got a loaded podcast for you this edition. We speak to our club chairman, Barry Hunter, speak to the owner, George Dow, who's uh, haven't been on the podcast since pre-season last year. So it's great to hear from George. Obviously, we speak to Adam Hinshelwood, John Donoghue, the women's manager, Gemma Warsfold. And we have a little, little surprise for you, which will coming up. And uh, that is the return of none other than the Wasp himself, Jasper Pattenden. He talks to us about his first season at Wickham. Uh, we caught up with him down at the women's game. Stu's shaking his head. He can't stay away. He can't he? stay he, away. He, 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 was, he, was at, he was at Oxford. He was at, um, he was at the I women's know, I got game. him in. Oh, you got him I in? I just him up in Worthingear to try to get him in. Did you? Yeah. Just sneaks him in with a word on, on his professional contract. He couldn't have been paid. For... Oh, no, he, he sold he out. He sold out, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah he no, phoned me in the morning. He phoned me in the morning and said, uh, anyway, get me in. And I was like, well, I can make you believe your, make people believe you're a Worthing player. And then he turned up with his mate. So like, <laughs> he had to get two trackies on. Yeah, get two trackies on, yeah. Well, when he's wearing Cheap his finest uh, grafter tracksuit or something like that, where yeah. he was wearing yeah. There we go. Isn't that, isn't that Worthing's tracksuit anyway, grafter? Or oh, it was before Marvin it went was, to yeah. it. Just was tight as arseholes, mate, honestly. No, there's to be fair, in. to be fair, Stu, he did pay to come to the women's game, and the, and the girl on the gate said, "Oh, you can come in for free." He's like, "No, no, I'll pay." I mean, it's only four quid. What, but, four know. quid. <laughs> Jasper, hero, this is Jasper. This is Stu. Before you say, you know how much me and Spencer love you. Oh, the, the, night, the knighthood's in the post. To be honest, he yeah, had to what, spend what all his wages guess. on his tattoos that day, so he was coming in agony. He'd had about fifty tattoos done that day, and he spent. Yeah, he's had had some more tattoos done. The day he came to a couple of weeks ago at the women's when we interviewed him, he um, he had some. I bet they're terrible. No, I think they're all right. I quite like them. Mm, I mean, he got he he styles it out quite nicely, doesn't he? So, you know, to be fair, whereas me, I look like a geek with my three tattoos on my legs, but you know, that's just is what (laughs) it is. Uh, anyway, should we hear from Jasper instead of talking about it behind his back? Nah, let's hear from Jasper. Let's hear nah, from Jasper. There's no point. Yeah, well, it's happening, Stu. We've recorded it. We've had too much work and effort trying to get this podcast <laughs> together. Jasper Pandon. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Right, funnily enough, we're down here for the women's game tonight and uh, we, we bump into none other than who are you? I forgot your name. Uh, Jasper, yeah. Oh, who's, who's he, Spencer? Uh, oh, that, that, it, well, that kid, that kid, you know, yeah. Paphos, I think. Yeah, well, so he was all right, wasn't he? Didn't he score the goal that sent, uh, sealed our promotion last year? Oh, that was him, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Anyway, it's good to see you, mate. Yeah, it's good, really yeah. good to see you. Um, firstly, thank you for coming back. And we did say when we interviewed you in the end of season special last year, we'd get you back on to see how yeah. your first season has been. Now, um, you're very kind, invited me and Spencer down to see you versus playing versus Charlton, and you were literally about to come on the pitch as well, <laughs> weren't you? Which uh, Ainsworth <laughs> changed it, but how's your first season been in general? Like, it's, How's it been like? like? What's the step up between like non-league to like League One football? Yeah, I mean, like, sort of when I made the move, there's, there's a lot of, I'm sort of, there's a lot of expectation, you kind of put it in your mind, it's going to be sort of this massive jump up and and everything but I think it's been, first season's been good it's been sort of adapting to a different style of football it's been it's been a change um, but no I've thoroughly enjoyed it it's been great um, it's been tougher of course I think that the biggest difference is just the, the consistency and the, and, the, and the fitness levels of every single player um, in every team in that league um, the consistency in training's top um, I mean every every day we're at it um, you can't sort of afford to take your foot off the gas at all not that anyone would of course but it's just that consistency level and the, and there's the caliber of players in 
in that league is, is through the roof. And you can see sort of every season how tight it is year after year. Um, literally anyone can beat anyone on any given day. So you've got to be right at it. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's an absolute pleasure to play football every day. It sounds ridiculous yeah. saying that, that that's that can be a job. But um, obviously it's all I wanted to do since I was a young lad. So extremely grateful to be given the opportunity and uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's an absolute dream. I mean, you were a pretty fit footballer here. Like, have you noticed the fitness training 10 times more at Wickham as being a professional footballer now than it was at non-league level? To be honest, I think the biggest difference is they're just on top of everything. Um, so everything's monitored. Um, they have obviously depended on different players and, and sort of where they play and, the, and the, the volume they've done throughout the week. Everything changes. So sort of for players that sort of do more in the week and their load will be lower. Players that don't do as much, obviously, will do more throughout the week. So it's just every, everybody's on top of everything. They monitor everything, making sure that everyone's where they need to be. Um, but no, it, it's great. It's just that level of, that level up and you get that that kind of, that service from from other sort of coaching staff around around the, the place that mm. is great and you get loads of advice. And, and I just, that's the biggest difference, I think, is just monitoring everything and making sure everyone's, in as in his best physical shape that they can be. Oh, there was a corner there. Sorry, we all watched that. Right, right. no, no, um, so uh, the season went. You, you you were loaned out to Dorking midway through the season. Um, how did that all come about? Yeah, so it was. Um, I think it was about December time, maybe end of November. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so it came about where an opportunity came up um, to go and get some minutes, um, play regular football. Um, didn't quite work out there um, and sort of came back, only played a handful of games there. Didn't work out for whatever reason. Sometimes these things don't. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a new experience playing at, in that league, such a competitive physical league as well. And the National League, you can see the level that you've seen throughout this year. And, and obviously teams like Notts County, your Wrexhams, and then teams like Barnet getting in the playoffs and the Boring Woods. Um, it's, it's an extremely competitive, competitive league. So, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for the experiences. Um, it didn't quite work out the loan sort of as planned, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's more learning. How, at Dorking, how did you find the twenty four seven documentary? No, yeah, obviously, um, <laughs> like, everyone asks you about that, don't they, with a bunch of amateurs and <laughs> around there, and 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 Rich there is who, who runs everything. Um, it's it's good. It sheds a lot of light on on the club, and obviously, it's a club that's got a lot of attention just from how quick it's grown. And and full credit to everyone there on on, on what they've achieved. That is some achievement to go and have the growth that they've had and obviously deservedly stayed in the National League this year because of all that that growth and hard work. So, yeah, it's it's it's, it's sometimes... You, I think you forget the cameras are there. There's sort of GoPros in the change room, as you'll see on YouTube. Yeah, but, yeah. No, it's great that it gives people watching an insight in what it looks like. 100%. So, Gareth Ainsworth, you, you came back from your loan and Gareth Ainsworth left to go to Queen's Park Rangers. Um, being perfectly honest, was there ever a time you were a little bit worried? Because obviously that's a manager that signed you, like about your future at the club. Because obviously I know that happens in football, like where you're signed by one manager, and naturally you'd probably be a little bit worried if your if your future is at the club. Was there ever an aspect, and have you been? Was there a phase where you were reassured that no, you're within the club's plans and everything like that? And you know how how was that like feeling? Yeah, of course, things like that happen in football. Um, not just managers, players move on. That that's just part and parcel of of football at the end of the day. And obviously, I'm extremely grateful to Gareth and, and Dobbo and, and Gracie who's still there I worked really closely with for, for the opportunity they gave me and bringing me to the club um, built a good relationship with Gareth and obviously it was a shame for everyone at the club having been there so long to, to see him go but an opportunity like that comes up at a club where he was a, he was a club legend there and played, yeah. played a lot there in his playing career um, it was an opportunity that he had to take um, but no Gaffer's come in um, 
truly familiar around the club. Yeah. Because um, he wasn't a stranger to the club. No, absolutely no. not. And I think that's for a club like Wickham, we're such a, a close knit group. Everyone's so close. It's like yeah. a it's like a one big family, and it's so important to get someone in who's had that. And Gaffer is the epitome of that. Having been at the club for sort of seventeen years, was a coach at the start of the year went and did an unbelievable job at Colchester. So it was kind of a, a no-brainer yeah. to, to bring him back in. So it was all seamless. And, and then um, it's been sort of fantastic since he's come in and looking forward to, to next season. Yeah, even from that that one day we had at Wickham, you could really see it as a real sort of sort of family club and everyone was together and you know, everyone was so friendly, weren't they, and chatty. So, yeah, you know, really good sort of environment to go to go into your first your first step into professional football yeah big time um and ever, anyone you speak to about the club uh, who, who's there currently or has been there and, and whatnot will say the exact same yeah. um it's such a good environment to be in from from the players and the staff and fans it really feels like a club that that's built around um fantastic morals and and the owners are great rob is unbelievable comes in and speaks to the boys and it just feels like everyone um is is important there and you feel important um and it's probably a reason why the club has, has achieved so much uh, in yeah. in the last in the last decade or so and and obviously we continue to look to to go and achieve even more now your former gaffer adam hinchel would play for wickham for a period of his career did he uh, give you any wise words because i know when we last spoke on the podcast you we knew what was going on off the mic but obviously we didn't say it on the mic um you told us but did he give you any wise words of advice you know going into wickham obviously from experience yeah, look, Hinch, Hinch is unbelievable for it all. Um, and I spoke to Hinch often and and he, he, we had some good chats about it and he told me about sort of his, his experiences there and he just reiterated everything that I've just spoken about, yeah. about the club and, and Gareth in particular. Um, so it was nice to sort of have that from him as sort of someone who's been around it and experienced it. As, so yeah, it was great. Um, he sort of sort of reassured me and having been in there on, on for the few days that I was in there before I signed up, I kind of knew straight away what kind of club it was and yeah but Hinch obviously sort of shared some of that information and it's great to sort of know and everything he said is, is, is spot on about how well the clubs run and, and, and the environment around the changing room. Now we're um, we're at the end of the season now, Wickham's still in League One so no playoffs or anything for you this year. Um, what's the summer for a professional football like yourself mate like you're obviously down visiting and back to see your family because you weren't living up you didn't permanently move up to Wickham did you were you yeah no yeah. I did yeah, yeah so I permanently moved up to Wickham so I stayed with a host family oh host family um, that's what I meant sorry yeah from Kathy Lock unbelievable yeah. I saw um, they shared a post you shared a post oh, about them, incredible yeah. people honestly um, like second pair absolutely yeah. adore them yeah they've been so good to me since I since I moved there and made it everything feel so so smooth and, and I'm I'm no stranger to say it and everyone will probably know I'm a massive family person. Yes. Um, I absolutely adore my family. So sort of moving away on its own was, was tough. Um, and it was something that, that sort of had to get used to, but they made it so easy. Well, yeah, we me. know that, Spencer, don't we? Because we were waiting around outside to see if Jasper say hello to Jasper after the Charlton <laughs> game. And he, um, we asked one of the other players, is he coming out? Oh, no, he's already gone. He's gone down to see his family. I was like, oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, so yeah. I came down to see my family yeah, sort of every of every few weeks and sort of come back after a home game. It's only about yeah. an hour and 45 minutes away, so I come down. Um, but yeah, sort of, sort of living up there and coming down when and when and I when I can to sort of be with the family. But yeah, yeah. off season we all got a program. Um, we get sort of a, a gym program and then a, a conditioning program, um, which sort of keeps us where we need to be. Obviously, pre season I know it's seen as an opportunity to to get fit, but I think nowadays with the with the speed of the game, everyone's so fit. The off season is the opportunity to get fit and. And pre-season, that chance to build on it and really start strong, not playing catch-up at all. Um, so, yeah, the program's there for us. Obviously, we're all adults and we can 
we can sort of we everyone knows their body differently so for others it'll be it'll be different but um yeah the program's there both gym and conditioning yeah to do what we need to do so yeah it's nice to sort of have a, a bit of chill time go on holiday and things and be with the family and then get really started and, and, and plans for next season it's, it's always good to see you back around your Worthing uh, family as well when you're back and yeah absolutely been yeah. into a couple of Sussex games Cup yeah. final yeah. Oxford yeah, playoffs yeah. yeah any excuse to come back down here well I yeah. guess Oxford it wasn't too far from Wickham for you was it like, about half an hour yeah, road exactly, from yeah. living. so yeah it was, a, it was a no-brainer to come down and support the boys obviously it wasn't the result we or they wanted but um, I mean the season you guys have had has been unbelievable um I never it's doubt. weird hearing you saying you guys is not us I know, anyway. I know, it's, weird. Yeah. it's weird hearing that because you always are yeah, wee I mean, wee wee it must, must be weird to get used to that yeah. as well I mean the jump up I never doubted that it would be a successful year yeah. um, I knew that how big this club was and yeah. even last season we knew that um, it was at least a National League South club and, and we've shown yeah. that they can go and be a National League club and, and fight for that and, and I'm sure next season they'll be exactly there or thereabouts and looking to achieve that <sighs> Well, I definitely think we missed a certain number 19 this season. Didn't we? I think he would have slotted in quite well to the squad. Um, are we going to see Jasper Patterson in the starting lineup in the 23-24 season? Working a bit more often now, do you reckon? Oh, that's the plan. Look, yeah. of course, you always want to play as many games as possible. Uh, obviously, I'm proud of what I achieved last year and making yeah. that jump up. But when you're when you're in and around it, you always want to play more, and that's just yeah. that's just natural, and that's how football works. Of course, the plan is to to play every game for Wickham next year and help them achieve our goal of automatic promotion just not uh, against Charlton no. but uh, we've got to <laughs> take everything as it comes see what happens and just looking forward to, to having some time off and working hard and then we can all go again next season yeah yeah. well have a great summer Jasper well, I feel like for old time's sake we should do uh, do the Jasper song just to see us oh out. go on, go on. Really? you're the leader really yeah I'm ready you join in Jasper I will really? I will Jasper Patton. Have they sung that with them yet? Yeah, I think I don't think it's quite the same. But well, they need to get involved with the away boys and get give a little message out there. Where's the Jasper chance? Leave that to you boys. Yeah, no, mate. It's good to see you, mate. And keep in touch. And like, maybe we'll catch up for you again next summer. We could be our regular summer guests now. I think. I know you'd always be around the Worthing area. But yeah, good luck for the season. And just don't score any against Charlton, please. And I look forward to seeing what twenty three, twenty four comes of Mr. Pattenden himself. Cheers, yeah, thanks, mate. Guys. Thank Appreciate you. Well. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. Oh, Stu, hearing his lovely tones of his voice there, don't you miss the wasp? No. Oh, well, there we <laughs> no, go. I leave, I leave him yeah, alone. Sorry, we recorded. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love Jasper. He, might, he probably won't listen to it. So, you know, otherwise you have words. Oh, no, he so. listens to it, mate. And he tells everybody else to listen to it as well. So, yeah, yeah no, he'll be on it. Good and, lad, uh, well, good lad. well, Spencer, he has promised us a beer this summer, haven't he? So, we'll have to catch up with him for a beer before we shoot off. So, Stu, do you want to come down and have a beer with us and Jasper? And we can talk about your love for I'll him. come for a beer with you guys, not Jasper. After Stu's story, I'm, I'm not expecting Jasper to buy a round. Let's put it like that. No, he'd be, he'd, <laughs> is he not buying the moe? I thought. <laughs> That's all co- it's all cocktails, isn't it, with these boys? It's all oh, cocktails. Yeah. What was it? No, Pete knows about that in Manuka Lounge or something, doesn't he? But he's not here to defend himself. So there oh, we go. Yeah. Um, Stu, going on to... Um, let's just talk about the... Um, the youth set up this season obviously when we spoke to you on the last podcast must be wrapped up but you said you've been down watching under 14 tonight um what is your sort of view on this season with the youth set up it's been a good good little season again hasn't it yeah it's been unreal yeah it's been a great season um progression the boys all the boys have made have been unreal over the over the season um even the boys that have only been with us for six months um unfortunately today we we sent out the letters uh, to the guys who didn't make it um, through to the next stage into the next year group which is the worst time of the year for me I hate it because um, you're 
breaking you're breaking young kids' hearts because they're not they're not quite ready for the next stage, which is yeah, it's horrible. But ultimately, what we've got to do, and it's hopefully going to benefit them more in the long run. Um, obviously, the 18s had a had a, a great season again. Um, obviously, two years in a row now winning the league. Um, hoping to push on and do the same next year. Um, and the rest of the, the teams are moving in the right direction to make sure that that they're when they're ready to go into the under 18s, they're competing as well. So yeah, it's all it's it's, it's in a good place, mate. It's a really good place. And yourself personally, obviously, like, you know, you've taken on this coaching journey over the past couple of years. Like, in yourself, have you found yourself improving year on year, like, in your own mindset and yourself as a coach? I think so. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I mean, I do it five years now. Um, so, yeah, it's. I hope so, mate. I mean, I've got so much to learn, so much to learn. Um, I just listen to Hinch, listen to Nave, listen to Cam. Um, clearly, if I'm doing all right because they, they keep on giving me more responsibility. So if they didn't feel I was worth um, ready for it, then they wouldn't they wouldn't give me the role. So yeah, I'm loving it, mate. I can't get enough of it. Ultimately, it's what I want to do. Um, move away from kit eventually. Um, what? Maybe this season. Or the next kit will season. never look the same again. It's it will look absolutely fine, if not better, if someone else did it. Hundred percent. It's it's a difficult one, mate, because I want to. We we've set um, myself and Hinch uh, in particular have set such high standards um, in terms of what the first team expect um, off the pitch um, as well as on it. Um, and we we in Hinch meet three or four times a week, and we're always thinking, right, what's the next thing we can do for the boys? What, how can we how can we make things more professional? How and we're we're restricted because we the money isn't there to be able to go out and and, yeah. and do everything that we want to do for the boys. So we're putting money in ourselves to try to, we and bought the towels for the guys the other week, the, uh, the other month. Um, that will come out of our back pocket. Um, we're nice. trying our best to get to the, to the boys to where they, where they, as professional as we possibly can. Um, Cause that then reflects, we hope in the performance on the pitch. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is anything that we do standards wise off, it has to be replicated by everybody. Um, and the moment those standards drop, um, by anybody that takes taken over from me or, or or coaches or whatever, it shows and it and it and it and it it's highlighted. So we just whoever whatever happens for my role moving forward, we need to make sure those those roles yeah. are kept nice well, and high. Well, I mean, dipping in your back pocket just adds to the legendary status anyway, Stu. So you know, I'm sure it's much. <laughs> no, we all do. But... To be fair, it's not just me. It's, we, we we all do. But this is this is a massive part of um we a massive part of my life, a massive part of all our lives, and we want to try to. Uh, get the boys and get the team where and the club where it needs to get to and where, where we want it to get to which is National League I mean it's that's that's our aim and we were so close to doing it this season um, anything that we can do to help like I said earlier in the, in the podcast like the players move away from this club and miss it yeah. and, and have fond memories and have I think it's the same with the youth players if we can create a, a, an environment where they they look back at their time at Worthing Football Club um, even if it hasn't gone their way with fond memories of enjoying it, whether that be quality of people, quality of coaching, quality of standards, whatever it may be, then we're we're in the right direction and we're doing things right. And that's all I ever get. I get players that I coached two years ago still message me. I get Dejon still in contact with me. I've got Marvin still in contact with me. Jack. <laughs> all the Dejan. first players that have gone that are still yeah. Finn Stevens, um, Kalkili, whoever's gone and, and left this this football club still keeps in contact and still cares and that just shows what a great club it and that, is and that's really it because you, you've shown you know that, that that everyone at the club cares and then that that's 100%. still that's still there when when they leave you know they still they still care 
Yeah, exactly. And like even with the youth team players that we're getting let go at the moment, um, well, not at the moment, but we've let go today or, or whatever it may be. We've, I just want them to, to they, if they've they've all improved as, as players, but ultimately if they've improved and grown as people um, and can look back and 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 um, and from memories, and we've done our job, haven't we? Yeah, uh, Stu. What was it like? Obviously, be. I mean, if if you do step down from kit man, would you still be involved in match day with the men's first team, or will you mean more of the? Right, to be honest with you, yeah. yeah well, we I hope you are because we, we we've got a chance. We can't lose more chance. We've already lost a couple of players. We've got a chance. Can't do these a mighty fine kit man. But um, what was yeah, it like? I, I don't know. I don't know where the future is going to go, no. mate. If I'm honest with, you, with well, me, because we we have got someone coming in to help me. Um, yeah. that that's needed. Um, because we're just expanding all the time. Yeah. Um, I love setting the standards and 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 creating the standards and creating an environment for the boys in the change room that that they that they enjoy and makes their life as easy as possibly can i will miss that first team environment but i can't do it forever um well, you, i and, swear i swear i don't know when you get time to yourself to be honest you're no, not doing your day that's, job that's and the then thing, you're man. yeah that's the thing and i i, I want to be able to I, the, without sounding cheesy and corny and everything this is the, the biggest thing for me is I, I I need to feel like I'm influencing and helping and creating and 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 having an input on to to making better people um, and and I, that's what the biggest buzz I get from coaching um, is I feel like we're we're, we're influencing and, and creating and and, and um, making young kids into stronger adults i love all that element of it and that's where i want to go mate and that's what i want to do um well, well Stu, before and, you yeah, do move on from that can you teach me how to use a washing machine because i'm sure my wife would quite like to know uh, that I'm, i know mate, how to use a washing machine because i've got person, no idea <laughs> you'll be the first person i'll teach you how to do that don't worry Fantastic, but yeah it's sort, of, it's sort of waffle mate sort no no waffle. sorry well Stu, we'll we'll talk to adam hinchwood now the first team manager about uh, an amazing season before we last spoke to him and uh We'll get your thoughts on the end of the men's season after you spoke to Hinch. So over to you, Adam Hinchelwood. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. So for the final time this season, we are joined by the gaffer, Adam Hinchelwood. Um, First of all, congratulations, I think. Nice way to end the season with the Sussex Cup. Uh, what was that like? I mean, a little bit of a relief almost? Because I know how much you wanted to win it. No, yeah, I thought um, the performance was pretty poor. It was a boring first half to watch. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to play as well. Um, don't think we've had two finals now and not really played anywhere near as well as what I like to have. But yeah, when you get to a final, I think you just want to get away, uh, get the get the victory, um, especially after last season. So that was obviously pleasing um, for that to happen. But like I say, I thought the performance was pretty poor, and like, we had a lot of passes in our half first half, and it was a little bit boring to watch. So yeah, just try to. Told the lads to play a bit more forward and into in their half, and you know at least have a couple of shots on target for the fans to get excited about, and anyone that's coming to support Worthing get excited about. And yeah, it just didn't quite fall for us, didn't quite fall for them. I don't think they took the chances. They'd probably be um, a lot more disappointed um, for how they played and not taking the chances. But um, yeah, like I say, when you get to a final, especially after last year, you just want to be lifting the trophy at the end of it and we saw Mr Jesse Starkey making an appearance back in, back in the side the last couple of games and 60 minutes in, in the cup final um, will he be one that we're looking for next season or will he still have the commitments etc or are you no, trying yeah, to convince him not, not spoke to any of the players yet just want to get the um, 
presentation um, out the way really uh, first. But yeah, he's definitely one that I want to speak to, and um, I'm really hopeful that we can get him back for pre-season, get good pre-season under his belt, and you know, it'll be an unbelievable addition for us. Um, I think he showed in the small part he played in the game just how much quality he's got, and you know, it would be stupid to not try and um, have that with us again next year, really. So going, um, finishing the season, we finished fourth, which as we've all said, you know, I, I, we said it on our podcast last night, Pete, like obviously everyone was obviously disappointed we couldn't make it to the final, but what an achievement to get to fourth in the semi-finals of the um, playoffs in our first season in National League South. You know, we sat there and said, if we had been there this time last year in the bar celebrating with the Isthmian League trophy, thinking we'd be fourth and in the semi-finals of playoffs, you would have taken that last year, wouldn't you? So obviously I know you're disappointed we didn't get to the final, but how would you... Summarise your season, I'd say. Um, yeah, I think, you know, 100% I agree that at the start of the year, obviously the target was to finish above the dotted line. Um, but yeah, just how the season sort of panned out. Um, I can't help but feel disappointed that we bypassed one of the games and didn't have a playoff semi-final at home I think I still look back and that's the biggest disappointment I think um, got those points at Taunton, Taunton um, couldn't score against nine men uh, away at Slough um, just recent ones and then all the draws at the start of the season um, you know so just for how we performed um, I think you know that's yeah still niggling away at me everyone saying how how well you've done and you would have took it and stuff like that but you can't help but look at how the season went on the whole and yeah still still a bit disappointed to be honest um, yeah um, I just thought that the end of the season was a it was poor like Oxford first half poor goals to give away um, we had loads of players back to deal with the, the situation for the goals and just our performance in the Sussex in the cup final um you know, can't help but feel, you know, a bit peeved and a bit disappointed still. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure as time goes on, I'll, I'll look back maybe when a couple of weeks' time and get away on holiday and you reflect properly, look back and it'll be, you know, like I say, a good season. But just still at the moment, still, you know, a little bit too raw and yeah I just think we finished the, the season in a disappointing fashion our performances um, but if you take the last eight games or so the run we went on and you know to win was it seven out of the last eight or something like that including like the semi-final to, to get to a final and finish fourth in the league then you know it's, that's, that's a really good run and then yeah like I say to be with performances that we Formed in the in the last two games, I think we're yeah just a little bit disappointing. But yeah, look, listen, I don't want to be too negative. I don't want to take nothing away from the league um, and just say that we expect to you know go up and then be up there challenging. Um, you know that's probably disrespectful for the teams and the coaches and players and managers that have been in this level for, for a long time trying to get out of it. But um, yeah, it's just just how it feels at the moment. But it's going to be a, a real tough, tough um, time to try and improve that for next year. And that's all I've tried to do each season is 
improve on um, you know, what was done in the, in the previous season. I think with football, you've got quite a good benchmark to, to judge a season on. You've got wins, you've got losses, you've got draws, you've got accumulation of points, um, and you've got goals that for and against. Um, so there you've got a nice benchmark to, to try and be better at, and it's going to be a tough ask to try and do that again next season. But, you know, that's got to be the challenge. So speaking of next season, and you said last season it was finishing above the dotted line. So then, you know, the performance this year, final position, what we've done, what we've achieved, does that now totally change your outlook and what the expectations are next year? No, yeah, like I say, it's, it's going to be difficult, but, you know, all you can do is try to be better than what you was last year. Um, try not to draw as many games. I think early on in the season, it was an unbeaten run, but there was lots of draws mm. in there. And oh, you said I you were think, frustrated yeah, over the season. I think... Um, Early part of the season as well, we was maybe trialling a lot of players that have not played at this level before. Um, I think that showed a little bit. Yeah. Um, no, we didn't really go with, obviously, you know, Jake getting injured on the first game of the season and then you try and bring Jav in and then, you know, Ibi and, and yeah, you just sort of um, nod started the season, Adam Adam and, and people like this that you... Bit untested at this level, and you're sort of trying to get given opportunity to. Um, and all the squad from last year, I think, was quite loyal to them and give them an opportunity, um, which I think was the right thing to do, definitely. Um, but yeah, like this season going into new season, I think we want to go with a few more players that are um, tried and tested maybe at this level a little bit more. Um, I'm not say. It's initially to, to finish above the dot line, but I think we've got a target to, to try and improve on, and that's all we want to try and do. Um, the one stat that we have to improve on, in my opinion, is the goals against one this season. 72 goals, the same yeah. as Hungerford, who finished bottom of the table. Um, that has to, has to change next season. Like you mentioned, it was a big step up from winning the Isthmian League. Um, you you must be pleased with the core of the squad that you, you kept from the end of last season in the Isthmian League and their performances that they've carried over into the National League South. No, yeah, that's um, basically, you know, what I wanted to do is, is get a, a group of players together that could go up with the club as well and we wouldn't need wholesale changes when we, when we got to this level. That was always the plan. Um, you know, a young group... Um, we look back on some of the games and stuff. Um, kids put on the telly and you see sort of Joel and Jasper and Danny Barker and Miki playing like against Lewis and, you know, the 18, 19 years old look so young and, and stuff like that. And for them to still be with us now, um, you know, is, is why we wanted to bring them to the club and have that target of, 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 of going up and, and challenging at this sort of level together. Um, so, yeah, that was always the sort of plan and thinking behind bringing in such a young squad. So, I think we can kind of ask now, what if you want to reveal it, what was your goal for the season? Like, you know, you've, you've kept it very close to your chest, your cards throughout the whole season. We know, obviously, disappointed what the ultimate goal at what happened in the season. Mm. But this time last year, as we said, when we were celebrating with the Eastman League trophy, we, couldn't, we would dream of being as high as we finished. What was your real goal? I mean, I know you obviously want to stay up, but it no, must have yeah. been a goal you I had. I probably can sort of share it now, but my yeah. goal when I come back to the club that I sort of had within myself was to make Worthing the 
the highest ranked um, team in non-league football in Sussex. And when I come back, I think there was Burgess Hill, White Oak, Lewis, Bogner, Eastbourne Borough. I think we were sixth or seventh down that list. Um, so that was always the target. And obviously to achieve that this season and finish above Borough and yeah. be ranked as the highest um, team in non-league football in Sussex was um, a real good good target to have. But you know, that's now it's about establishing that now over the next few years. And I was going to say, please, you've reached your yeah. Please don't decide that's it. <laughs> no. That's enough now. Please, no, it's stay here. It's a title no, now. Yeah. No, yeah. The, the sort of goal goal changes now. You want to establish yeah. yourself as being that team, um, and then yeah, you want to set yourself a sort of new target and that's mm-hmm. I think what, what you've got to do and to be successful you've got to keep on um, you know maybe changing the, the, the benchmark arm when, mm. when you've reached it you know you don't want to now it's about progressing on and you know, I definitely want to do that um, you know really ambitious want to want to take the club on and 100%. yeah I think um, it's, it's going to be tough obviously see that his form might get some investment this year and stuff mm. like that and so obviously you've got some big teams coming down Talkies, Yeovils as well Maidstones yeah. big big teams to be competing with big um, trips to the West Country yeah definitely <laughs> he's almost the second home down that way this year but <laughs> no, yeah it's it's, um, it's it's exciting exciting what we want to be part of where we want to be challenging um, and yeah it's, like I say it's going to be no given that just because we've finished fourth this year, everything's going to improve and get better, and we've got to definitely do the same this summer. So, what's the what's the summer for you now? Like, you must be getting away on holiday. Um, no, yeah. So we obviously had when was it Thursday the cup, scene, yeah. cup game. Um, so yeah, it was nice to spend the weekend with the family. <laughs> um, be sort of was Tracy rocking her Rebel Yell T-shirt again? Um, She's been a role model for those t-shirts. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bit of a rest this weekend <laughs> but we uh, yeah spend a bit of time with them and be sort of present with them um i think when the season's on even when you're about you're sort of focusing on the next challenge the next yeah. opponent next game next decent corner routine that you might take one that you see and you're watching and you're, you're learning and um i think sometimes you can sort of be there but not be there at times so it's nice to go and watch teddy play and see the girls do their cheerleading and um be there for them this weekend and then it's yeah about recruitment speaking to players let the got the presentation night on on saturday and then speak to all the current squad um let them know you know how i see the season pan out for them next year and just have some honest conversations around that um getting a pre-season schedule together mm. see there'll be some fixtures hopefully coming out soon that we've arranged um yeah, and then yeah, hopefully start of June, maybe get a week away somewhere. That'd be nice. I think, and then, uh, I think you need a bit of yeah, and now. then you're then focusing just fully you and the back on or the family as well. No, yeah, just everybody yeah, yeah. We'll give up. Go away, nice. yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. So just have a week away somewhere. Um, probably mid June, and then back at it end of June, really. Mm. So yeah, you get a bit of time off, but it sort of soon flies by, really. Yeah, well, I mean, Adam, it's been an amazing season from our point of view. Spence, me and Pete have really enjoyed following it as part of Rebel Yelm, just fans of the club. It's, uh, as we said, 
we we could have only dreamed this time last year when we were partying with that trophy in the bar that we'd be finishing fourth in our first season National South. And I think we're all positive around thinking it can only go up and up and up. And yeah, it's going to be tougher. Um, but it must be a challenge you're looking forward to. You know, if you've now got that goal of yours being in Sussex, the top team, non-league team in Sussex. Now it must be for you building on that and you're trying to push even higher. No, yeah, no, it's about, you know, establishing that for a couple of seasons, really. You don't want to just get there for one season. Um, you know, Eastbourne Borough have been that team for a long period now. Um, so, yeah, we want to establish ourselves there and then, like I say, start clawing away at the sort of next goal, next objective. But, um, yeah, it's an exciting time. Um, you know, a real good challenge. Um, you know, one that we sort of really relish. And I think now we've all had a season at this sort of level. Um, hopefully we'll all be a bit bit wiser about what's needed. Um, and, yeah, there's no denying, I think, the quality of the opposition is, is far superior. Yeah. Um, you know, the, there's not that much difference between the bottom and, and the top. And I think that showed in the points totals from, mm. from all the teams as well. Um and there's some some really good individual players. Uh, I think you get a lot more lone players coming from football league at this kind of level. Mm. You get a lot more pros that have played countless amounts of games and maybe mm. you know just looking for to stay in the game at the sort of tail end of mm. their career as well. So it's um, like I say, real challenging. Obviously, all the managers and coaches are that much more um, better prepared. I think because of the yeah, data and that's available to them and um yeah it's a it's a great challenge um and mm. yeah let's say we now we've had a little taste of it we want to try and be up there and, and try and be competitive in in every game next year as well yeah. i mean to wrap it up standout moment of the season for you um only one i'm sure there's been a few blimey yeah it's, oh, so bad like just focus on <laughs> the last few weeks really but Obviously, the Sussex um, Cup was nice, but it wasn't yeah, the performance, as we know. I yeah. think the performance away at Farnborough, just yeah. real gritty, 1-0 win, kept a clean sheet. Um, it's a tough place to go. They they bombard you with long throws, and they're good at what they do. And for us to stand up to that, I um, thought it was a good, really good performance. And, you know, for someone that enjoys, you know, the total football model, um, for us to... Um, stand up to that kind of challenge because yeah. I think it's been labelled that um, you know our team a few times that you can get into them and rough them up a bit and um, and I thought on that occasion we really stood up to that challenge that last that, that last 30 minutes was real backs against the wall stuff yeah like, definitely you, know, you were making substitutions and changes as well that were you know to face that off yeah no definitely and I thought like you know, there were some big performances within that as well so you know that's a it was a really good, good performance, dogged performance. Obviously, there's been some um, really good home performances, um, Concord and Dulwich, and winning those games where you, I think you find out more about your team in those kind of games. Yeah. Well, Adam, it's been a great season, as I said, and good luck for the summer. Hope uh, you get what you want players-wise and have a bit of R&R, and we look forward to catch up with you pre-season for a podcast before we kick that first game. That sounds good. Cheers, oh, sorry. Cheers, thank, thank you. you. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. So another amazing season under the guidance of Adam Hinchelwood. Um, we, Spence, we've, we just love speaking to him every month, and, you know, he's just such a influence around the club, and he's just so genuinely warm, and it's just so nice we've got Hinch at the helm 
um, for at least one more year. <laughs> And unless someone comes in, we've got, I know his contract is one more year. So um, I think we need, I should have said that to George, actually, when are you sign it, when are you giving Hinch his new contract? But um, we'll speak to George in a bit, but. Um, but yeah, Stuart... Hinch is always so good with his time and, you know, giving us so much insight and, you know, we've, we've had discussions. I'm sure we'll have more discussions. Well. And I you think know, we somebody, have to... who, somebody who genuinely really yeah. cares for the he club does. at, at does. all levels. And I think we can go as far as saying Tracy, his wife cares even more for Rebel Yell because she's been modelling that Rebel Yell t-shirt like mighty fine. Have you seen her street wearing that? Yeah, I have to be fair. I mean, That's to be fair, yeah. like, I mean, uh, we can't get more of a sort of um, influencer, really. We don't. Who needs Instagram influencers when we've got his Hinch's wife influencing our t-shirts just like that, eh? I think Spencer's hit the nail on the head with Hinch, mate. Like, there's generally... Uh, the reason why the club's so successful is you have got people around the club that care about the club so much. Uh, and it's and Hinch is up there with the the very best in, in yeah. that respect. I'm trying to blow smoke up his ass. And just no, no, but it, no, but it's not. It's not. It's completely true because we all say the same it's, because we know that, you know, the day might come in the future that Hinch leaves the club for like passes new and it, mm-hmm. would, it would be a massive, massive blow to everyone. Like it would just, it will almost yeah. be like a death in the family. I think it's almost like that because he's been so like, He's such an integral part to the foundation of Worthing when it comes to the youth, the women's and men's, the setup, just the whole running of the club. And he's just such, he's so looked up to and respected. When that day comes, it's the day you don't even want to think about. So, you know, I, I did say to Tracy after the Oxford game, I said, if you if you have anyone ringing up the house phone and asking to speak to Adam, can you hang it up immediately, please? <laughs> he, the house yeah, phone? How old are you? Yeah. Well, he's not. she's not going to have his mobile phone, is she? <laughs> uh, he's, he's a... He's a... Top top mate, and he's. I'm, I'm very pleased to be able to say he's a very good mate of mine as well, a very good yeah, friend of mine. No, um, good. And, um, that I think that's why it works. Um, and it, it, you're right, he's someone that everybody looks up to. Yeah. Um, but it's someone that I don't feel embarrassed or scared to go up and asking advice from as well, especially from yeah. a coach's point of view. Um, where it could be a bit intimidating, um, being as who he is. Um, yeah, I, I'm constantly asking advice. Um, and he's, yeah, yeah he's, he's, we're very lucky. We're very, no, very we lucky. Are. We are, we are. Um, Stu, how did it feel like, obviously, coming off that pitch after the Oxford game? Because I think we could all admit, Hinch has admitted, we didn't play great at Oxford. You know, they they, so they got our game plan and it was a very disappointing, but it's still an amazing day for us Rebels. I mean, one that I always remember. I mean, the atmosphere, the weather. I mean, bloody hell, we'd had like that cold spell. It felt like we were in Costa del Sol, didn't we, for that day? It was bloody hot. But um, <laughs> coming off as a losing coach and kit man and part of the first team, how did it feel? I mean, I know you would have taken it hard, but... Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, it's hard, mate, because you just want the best for the boys. Um, you know that they they all care, they're all passionate, they all want to do well for the club. There's no one out there that's um, a, a um, shit house, sorry to swear, but a shit house that doesn't really care about the club. They all, they all generally do care. I just think that just on the day I caught it, it wasn't good enough, really. Um, but, it's it's gutting. So you you kind of sit back and go. You take stock of that. I just spent the whole journey just kind of taking stock of the season as a whole, really. Yeah. Um, and whilst it was just a phenomenal season and season that's kind of we overachieved and over kind of over met my expectations. Like you just when you get to that point, you want to go and win it. Yeah. And I, I generally do feel that if we had a couple more players back um, from fitness, if we um, had a I couple think of H was team. a massive miss that day. Yeah, Harrison. he was. 
he definitely was, and there's no no line about that. He definitely was. Pax in particular was a massive miss, and I think if we if we had those guys there, I think we would have definitely given ourselves a better a better account. But, but it's funny for wouldn't it? Because I think Oli goes through one v one in the last in oh, the first two minutes, and then we go up. one nil up, and then we can just sit behind the ball and that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a completely different game. So. Um, that's football, I but, guess. But, but it, we'll come back so much stronger from from this season. I can I can promise you that. So whilst I was like I was gutted and, and disappointed and and wanted to, to kind of yeah wanted to let my emotions out. At the, the same time was like proud and and yeah, really pleased with how how the season's gone and how well the boys have performed and um and how we've all come together as a as a collective team and how hard everybody's worked to get to where we are. So, you know, yeah, you know, the, the disappointment, but you know, what a journey, you know, oh. last, you know, you can look at last season alone and say, what a journey, but you know, the last few seasons, you know, what, what a journey everybody's been on to get to where, where we are. Yeah. The exciting thing is, Matt, I don't think that journey's finished yet. Um, there's no, still, it's not. There'll, be, still, there'll be changes in personnel this year. I think there has to be, um, but, on the flip side of playing that, personnel, you mean, yeah, yeah, playing personnel, but they're they'll there's still the club's moving forward, keeps on progressing, keeps on moving forward. You've got people behind the club that only behind the scenes that only want the best for the football club, um, and are trying their hardest with limited. I mean, let's be honest, laying all the cars on the table, we've not got a, a back someone that's sitting behind the scenes bankroll in the football club, no, we're no. literally surviving on ticket gates and sponsorship. Yeah, uh, and we're, we're we're not an Ebbs fleet, are we? No, we're not. Um, so to be able to survive um, under that kind of circumstances, you need people that are willing to graft and and have the best intentions and want to work hard. And, and I think we've got that. It's the only thing we have that. So yeah. well, do you know what, you know what resonates with me about that Oxford game, and I said it's a huge Spence, is um you, you couldn't help but have a lump in your throat when you saw Joel Colbrand like he was in floods of tears walking around applauding the fans. And you know I hope to God we see him here next season because he'll be massively missed. But you know that just pure emotion and you you never see it from them. But he was in tears at the edge of the pitch. And I mean, as a as as someone that's so close to first team, to see that Stu must be quite difficult to take as well. Mate, they're they're top 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 lads. Uh, honestly, I'm not even again not trying to blow smoke up their ass because I speak honestly. They're 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 good lads. Me and Joel get on probably more than most. To be quite honest, yeah. Um, I would not be surprised if he had better offers to come in for um to come in for, come play for next season. Um, but Joel being Joel loves the club. Stay with us and, and and go again. To be fair, he's he's a he's a he's a good lad. Um, oh, we hope so, yeah. so. I mean, it just worried me that like seeing him that emotional was like, oh, is this him saying goodbye? And I hope to God it's not because you know I know he, he's up there with my he's one of my player of the season. You know, it's just amazing how well he's just developed from being a county league all the way up to sort of national league south and one of the best players in our squad. Yeah, from from where Joel's moved, uh, gone from, obviously joined the club from from Locksford and and. To now becoming one of the, the biggest players at the club is just phenomenal from from um, from his point of view and and how shows how well he's coached from Hinch as well. So yeah, no, he's a, he's a he's a good lad and, and a, a good player as well. So I'm confident we'll see him again next year. Well, I hope so. Uh, otherwise, I'll come for you, Stu. Where's my Cole <laughs> Brown? Where's my Cole yeah. Brown? Um, 
talking about we talk about sustainability and no one bankroll. I think it's a good time to get George involved. We go, we interviewed George, and uh, it was good to chat to him about the season and sort of what what's been happening. And I guess from Rebel Yell, congratulations to him and Jess of the she's pregnant, the first time of trying with the IVF, and they've been quite uh, vocal about it on their YouTube channel. But um, fantastic, and I, I apologize in advance, Stu, if um, George now wants to do his gender reveal in the middle of the pitch because I might have something to do with that. So yeah. Is that what he wants to do, is it? Oh well, after, I, after I suggested it to him. <laughs> so blame me. <laughs> yeah. Cheers yeah. for that. Anyway, let's see, see from George. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. George, I haven't forgotten about you this time like I did last time, last season. Yeah, no, I, I remember you tweeted yeah, me last time. Yeah, we had to do a, I mean, just blanking the owner and like, you know, I mean, just because you're, you're nobody, are you? You know, <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, mate? I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Sink yeah. into the background. Yeah, no, I will do. But um, it was... um really good season how um how are you how are you how are you in general at the moment how are you uh, after the football season finishing the manic of the last few weeks with the men's and women's teams all sort of come to an end now yeah yeah I'm, I'm good thank you it's uh I say it's it's nice to have time off from football but I'd be lying I quite enjoy it so I think Jessica's enjoying it more than I am yeah um, we've got, got to make the most out of uh the time of just you two now haven't you because uh, I guess congratulations in order on the podcast is that uh Jess is expecting your first little one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's and the uh, journey you documented on your YouTube channel. I mean, you must be over the moon, mate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely chuffed. Both of us are. To be fair, um, obviously some issues, like not issues, but we had yeah. to do it via IVF, and to get get it to work the first time is really rare. So mm. we're really, really thankful that it's happened. And some people can go for years with it. We're, we're trying to do it. So. Yeah. Well, I know a yeah. couple of people through other means of life of uh, that have been successful through IVF and uh, it's a long emotional and stressful process yeah, for both yeah. of you. So to have you, as you said, first time is amazing. So does that mean in uh, sort of 12 or even less to eight to 10 years time, he'll be uh, p- performing on Woodside Road, maybe in the first team when he's 16. Is that the plan? Or she, I should yeah, say. I should yeah, say, should say yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it'll be in either the men's team or the women's team, hopefully. Yeah, uh, either or. Uh, well, do you know what I mean? Jessica keeps reminding me that the child might not like football. So I've got yeah. to live with that if it doesn't. I, I guess if, the first thing you've got to do is I know we come up with different ideas in, for the club shop. You've already got to do little Worthing Baby Grows now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, no, just for yeah, selfish reasons. There has been a few of them, uh, a few friends have asked for them. So I have managed to get them uh, from Jamie at Pinnacle. And... So they are out there. They are yeah. out there. I think Amanda actually gave us one uh, the other day. Uh, I Amazing. guess the one she had made and she couldn't sell. So she gave it to us. Can you get little um, letters and small enough to put Dale one on the back and stuff like that? <laughs> I'll certainly try. Yeah, you've got to get done. But no, congratulations, George. I mean, we look forward to I mean, I guess... I don't know when when the baby's born. How long is it going to be till you take it? Uh, he or she down uh, Woodside Road. That's the won't be long. It'll be, well, it'll be. I think we're due like November time. So yeah, maybe into the in the new year or something. Yeah, round yeah. round one proper of the FA and Cup or something like yeah. that. I think. What's that? Round one proper of the FA Cup or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. Well, right. Good luck, Charles. That would be. No, but let's uh, let's talk about this season. Obviously, um, let's start with the men's. Um, beyond probably any of our wildest dreams that we'd finish fourth in our first season of the National League South and to get to the playoff semi-final. I mean, from from your point of view, the owner, it's, you know, you, the famous song is George Dell had a dream. And, you know, surely that dream didn't go as wild as to hit the playoffs in your first ever season in the National League South. No, no, it's, it's, it certainly didn't. I think everyone would uh, 
agree that we overachieved this season or, or, or we certainly achieved more than we thought that we we would I don't want to say overachieved because we want to keep pushing and keep striving to do more but um, we certainly yeah achieved more in our first year than we thought that we could so um, yeah no, it was a really impressive season on and off the pitch because there was so much we had to get done off the pitch as well to uh, yeah to maintain competing at this level and to also because we didn't think we'd get playoffs so then there was other stuff we had to do and we thought okay this is a possibility that we might get in the playoffs now so there was more that we had to do so yeah a great effort from everyone off the pitch but also yeah Hinch and the, and the players on the pitch have done an incredible job and kept us entertained all season oh, so that's been a hell of an entertaining season without a shadow of a doubt when was the sort of um time you had to start thinking right we are looking really close to playoffs now and you know obviously the finance of the club if we did go up to the National League would have been a hell of a lot more than what, what it is now was there a point in the season when you're like having to call in you know the board and everything like that Barry and all the sort of directors of the club to sort of say hang on a second we need to start possibly planning and that must have been quite a nervy conversation and stuff for everyone involved yeah I think it probably was around maybe Christmas time I think even before then to be honest but the conversations probably hadn't started we realised that we started really well in, in in the league and just looking around at other results and stuff there was kind of less teams to fear than I thought that there might have been um, and yeah we all just felt like okay this is a real possibility now that we could get the playoffs and we better get the ground ready for it because there were certain things that we had to get done to even I think you have to you have to have a certain capacity and then like a plan to show that you can increase that capacity if needed to, to be in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, we had, we had to, we had to get that work done. And then, yeah, then we were planning on, on, on a plan to be able to, to sustain a club should we win. Um, yeah. So, yeah. We had, we had plans in place and, and we, we sort of backed the team off the pitch to, 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 yeah, to, to make, that to make that happen should we should we get promoted yeah because we know um obviously watching various documentaries we all know that if we do get up to national south then one of the main streams of income for the club on a match day is alcohol sales as we know and um with national league rules you cannot drink at the side of the pitch so that must have been that that must be a worry i know it's like i know dulwich hamlet did a documentary with peter crouch and sadly they got relegated this season so they they were a long way off worrying about that but they were saying like such resources we all know dulwich famously have a lot of people that like sort of drinking drinking a pint and sort of the casual um football fans have at the side of the pitch that must be a thing that does kind of as an owner worry you in some ways like how do you make up that gap of funding because it is such a big amount that the club get from that to use for the running and day-to-day running the club yeah, the match day F and B or food and beverage is um yeah, a massive a massive part of the income that the club uh, relies on really. Um, along with ticket sales, that is probably the next biggest well it is the next biggest thing. So yeah, to um to have that dented by not being able to drink in view of the pitch is yeah, certainly something that we we've thought about and um it's hard to know exactly how much that will impact before we've we've uh, been at that level to try it. I know that when we have FA Cup or in the past when we had FA Cup games yeah. and we had to we had to do it, there's certainly a a significant drop off in the um the food and beverage taken on that day. So yeah, it it would be something that we'd have to manage, make allowances for, and then um sort of yeah plan on and, and learn on the job. Really, it wouldn't yeah. be we wouldn't be able to do much more than that as a club because we haven't been at, at that level before. Although I did hear a rumour recently that they're going to make that rule. I don't know if this is true or not. So, but they are going to look at that rule and make it um, 
at the discretion of each club. So the clubs can decide whether they want to do that or not. I mean, I but, think it, I think it's time to because obviously there, there are certain powerhouses we know, like you know, in the national league that you know don't necessarily need that money because they're former professional teams that have been relegated from the football yeah. league. So, um, as an owner, it must frustrate you the fact that you you're successful as a club, but yet one of your main sources of income is being stripped away from you. And you know, it's about time if that is that rumor is true that it changes. I mean, surely sometimes you must feel that you should, you'd love to get together some of the clubs to put pressure on sort of the FA to sort of allow it, especially at our yeah. level. I just think, yeah, at our level is. It, it makes such a huge impact for the, like you say, some clubs, yeah, they've dropped out of the football leagues and they, they probably don't rely on that money because they're used to operating in a way that they don't don't need it. But for clubs coming up the pyramid, it's such a huge, huge chunk of money that, yeah, that you rely on that you're no longer going to be able to have use of. So I, I feel like, I feel like there, there must be some leeway there, especially at National League. I can see why in the league, maybe League 2, where there's, um, yeah, a lot more money around, if you like, in terms of like TV deals and all the other stuff that goes with Sky Bet and yeah, all the big sponsorship deals that you get that go with that. I can see why maybe you're not relying on your beer sales as much, but in the National League, although there is a jump, don't get me wrong, there is deals, that commercial deals that you do yeah. get, so it'll be in at that level, but it's it's still not, not enough to uh, subsidise the fact that you're losing such mm. in the beverage. I mean, I think it's, to be honest, it's a bit of a dated... Um dated rule anyway because obviously it came from like all the problems in the 70s 80s with fighting and terraces yeah, and stuff. but you know you, yeah you go around europe and you, you can drink in the stands now but at the end of the day uh, um i don't think beer necessarily halts any problems with fans because if they want to fight they're going to fight anyway aren't they yeah maybe it's uh something where they they look at it again and increase the like the minimum stewarded stewardship that you need yeah. in the ground and the security rather than uh yeah just maybe that's something we could uh, maybe it's something we could you know hopefully hear more about in the season because i know yeah, that'll be maybe, a big thing, yeah, but, we'll but anyway that we we digress we're talking about the season just yeah. gone it's it was a it's a fantastic one and obviously topping it up with a nice cherry on top of the icing of the cake with uh the cup win and the sussex cup against bogner um i know adam wanted to get his hands on that it's nice to do it against your local rivals bogner maybe not the the nicest play of football we've ever witnessed the team do, but you know to to have the penalty shootout and the young lad being able to save the winning uh, the winning save to basically let Worthing lift the cup. It must be nice to see for you. Yeah, it was amazing to see. Uh, like you say, maybe the game wasn't the most entertaining, but I would take that script all day long. I think yeah. it was amazing for yeah. Will to be able to save that penalty. It was written in the stars from there. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was brilliant, and it was really really good to win that win the cup and end the season on a high. I, mm. Like everyone would agree that the season was brilliant, but um, yeah, it was, it's just nice to win something at the end of it. I think we deserve that. So, and I, and yeah, I think, no, it, yeah, it I think nice. it was um, nice to play Bogner again because I've, I, as much as their rivalries, I think anyone, I, I, we'd be all be lying if we all said we don't miss playing Bogner because those two games a season, you know, are a lot of fun and good rivalry. And we always, we always love the atmosphere and, you know, the takings and the sort of attendances. And I guess it goes the same for Lewis. So that's probably one of the things I've missed this season. Would you say the same? Yeah, 100%. Last season, we were spoiled with the amount of local derbies we had, weren't we? So, yeah, yeah we, we missed that a bit this year. So, it was nice to you know, to meet up with Bogner again in the cup yeah. final and, and get the win. Like, no one wants to lose against Bogner at the best of times, no, let alone in the cup final at the Amex. So, yeah, no, no, it's uh, a nice way to do it. Eastbourne and Haven't don't have the same 
sort of ring to it, do they? Is a sort of no. uh, Bogner. I thought there was a bit of bite in the Haven games, but there was, yeah. No, the Eastbourne game, I didn't feel it as much. No. Actually, no, wait. Well, there's a there's a little bit of um, it. yeah, there's a little bit of like you know a bit of rivalry with Danny Bloor and everything like in his history and everything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, but you yeah, know, yeah. um, I think uh, no, it doesn't beat a Bogner game. But what was no. your sort of stick out moment for the men's season? Like, I mean, we've had plenty of highs, and I mean, as I said, like to Spencer and Pete, like you know, we having a drink and. Yeah, we're saying this time last year we were lifting the trophy uh, of the Isthmian League and then we're sort of celebrating getting to the semi-finals of the uh, knockouts. That was my highlight. I mean, for what about yourself? Um, my highlight? Um, obviously, the, the semi-final penalty shootout was pretty good as well. I mean, uh, that, that was a good moment. In terms of the league, I think the, the 5-1... Win at Haven was pretty was pretty good. Was it five yeah. one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah it was. One. It was just, and then we go went and lost against Hebsfleet six. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, get that later. second half of the week, <laughs> like yin yeah. and yang, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah but the, that that game, I thought, bloody hell, yeah, we we we've got a side here because that was like, was it just after Christmas? That or just yeah. before? Yeah, Christmas? yeah, 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 yeah. It was and we were, like we were pushing towards it, and Haven was second at the time, I think. And uh, yeah, we were, and then they obviously went on a bad, fairly bad run from there to the end yeah. of the season, but. Yeah, I just felt like after that point, though, yeah, we could really, you know, we could really push the playoffs and, and stick around it. After a lot of in the first half of the season, anyway, a lot of games that we drew that we probably should have won. Um, so yeah, I'd say that was probably the highlight of the season, and it was just so unexpected. I just was not expecting yeah. to to go to Haven and 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 win yeah. comfortably five one. Yeah, we said the semi final penalty shootout. I think you know that was one of our lasting memories of Harrison Mao, who's now departed the club for yeah. Dorking Wanderers. I mean, good luck to the guy. Sad to see him go. And I sort of sort of compared it to a little bit like when Jasper left. I know Jasper was here a lot longer, but he he was such a good guy to have around Harrison and you know part of the club. And you know, I just I'm sure Hinch will get a equally good, if not better, replacement. But it's sad to when you have a player that's so sort of adhered to the fans leave the club. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your comparison to Jasper's a good one. They're both really, really good lads, and um, uh, yeah, come out of academies. It kind of fits into what we want to do as a club. Is um, yeah, get get young players in, and give them the opportunity to play at a good level, and then and then it's up to them from there. If they perform well and work hard, they're, they're likely to get looked at at Worthing because we've we've done it with so many players in recent years yeah. where they've they've played for us and gone on to yeah to league clubs and made league moves or, or certainly yeah. gone up the pyramid so yeah Harrison's another example of that and um, although we're all sad to see him go he was brilliant for us and a really a really top guy yeah, um, yeah pleased for him and hopefully it all works out for him and he, he can keep, keep climbing the pyramid at least in an ideal people, world yeah. me personally I was I was hoping that it wouldn't be talking but that's for no other reason than it's they're not that far away from us yeah exactly but yeah, I'm I'm pleased for him. He's gone up the pyramid, and then hopefully he does really well. Stu's got his spare room back, hasn't he? I assume. Yeah, I'm sure he'll grab <laughs> a player in there before no. you know it. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully a new one. But um, I mean, it's I guess we could keep in touch by watching a bunch of amateurs every week and seeing uh, seeing what he's doing and Mark Shout yeah, in the yeah, changing room. It. Hopefully, he's done yeah. Um, no, it's good. Um, we I look forward to seeing sort of the signings uh, later on and well over the course of summer and see what sort of the squad turn out to be next year. I'm sure you're quite excited to see what will come next to the squad uh, and see if we can push even higher in the national league. Um, I won't ask you goal for next season because we'll do that in a pre-season podcast. All right, because I won't put the pressure on you now. Oh, so yeah, yeah. yeah we're, oh, it, begins, it begins with C and ends in S, but uh, <laughs> uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, but going on talking about champions. 
double winning women's team. I mean, oh. the two seasons John's been in this club um, since he took over from Michelle has just completely transformed the winners set up from all over. And, you know, as we spoke to him on the podcast, he's so humble about it. But to do the league and sort of cup double with the sort of squad that we have is unbelievable. And the players he's attracting to the club is unbelievable to go into the FA Women's League for the first time. is just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, no, it is your right. What they've achieved this year is yeah, incredible. And and obviously John, since he's been at the club, has played a huge role in 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 building that, that squad to achieve what it has. And he, and Kelly as well, to be fair, who yeah, Kelly, yeah. really hard. And the rest of the staff, Rad and a few of the other guys that, that are involved in the women's team, they've done an incredible job. Um also Hannah, who's been involved since pretty much the start of the women's and yeah. Gemma who have been there the whole way through. Yeah, it's just been, they've had an incredible season and they, they fully deserve uh, to be double winners and, and back-to-back promotions. It's, yeah, it's incredible for the club and, yeah, really pleased for all of them. So where does it go here for you, sort of, and, and the border club? Because obviously, as you said off-air, like, the success uh, brings more costs and stuff like that, which is a good thing to see. But so where do, where do you go from here, like, in terms of stepping up for the women's division? Because it's quite an area that is quite unknown to a lot of us. I mean, obviously, we've still got a lot of players in that squad that are p- perfectly capable of performing at the level above. But, um, you know, in terms of sort of training, coaching, stuff like that, where where does that sort of sit in with you and sort of the board level of the club? Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're in discussions now with sort of John and... Um, a few of the other guys that uh, that um, are focusing on driving the women's team forward, and us as a board, that yeah, we want the women's team to keep progressing, but we, it has to be sustainable, like it has been on the men's side. So, yeah, we're working together to make that sustainable, and we're kind of much like the club as a whole. We don't see it; we're not putting any ceilings in the way of it. We're just trying to come up with the plan and then find the best way to hit the hit the numbers that we need to hit. Yeah. In enable to sorry to enable it to be sustainable so yeah we're we're going to work with john uh, really hard over the summer and, and try and get him everything that he needs to to um yeah compete at at, at the new level that, he's, that he finds himself fantastic i mean i i've said it to barry i've said it to john before i mean with the success of the women's euros with england winning it last summer which was amazing for the country and see the popularity of women's football i mean i think i saw a thing on twitter the other day arsenal uh at the emirates you know about five years ago they one of their last game of season had only like a few thousand people there it's a complete sellout and you know uh yeah. this season at the camp now in barcelona i think the world's record of ninety-one thousand people watched the barcelona women's team um, wow. Is it a time that the club is sort of seriously going to consider looking at a women's academy? I know it's like not the easiest thing to do, but, you know, with with the women's team doing so well and obviously providing a pathway for the men's players. And, you know, you see people like Harrison coming through Jasper, as we already mentioned. Is it time that the club is seriously looking for? I know the, the capacity on the pitch is next to nothing at the moment, but um, it must be something you must be seriously considering now. Yeah, no, we have been for the last two or three years. Um, Mike... Uh, sorry, not Mike. Nathan and Ange have been working really hard on uh, creating a women's pathway, and we've had a few sort of, um, I guess, sessions or, or taster weeks throughout the season to yeah try and try and make that work. And we, yeah, we're, we're working to to find find something where we can have women's teams uh, or girls' teams, sorry, at, at the younger ages, like we have with the um, the boys set up at the moment, but. Yeah, like you say, time on the pitch is, is difficult. We've got the dev centre, obviously. So we've got girls in the dev centre that under eight to under 13s. But then it's that next step. What, what yeah. can we do to like fill the gap between 13s and the 
yeah, under 18s, that that gap there, we want to try and fill as soon as possible. And we're yeah, we're trying to yeah, it, it's something that we are seriously looking at, and and, and it's something that you'll you'll probably see more of in the next year or so. So if um so if any farmers in the local area have got a few patches of grass that they want to lend out and we can build another yeah. astro somewhere, I think George, That's it. George I mean, will be I, mean, I can't say too much, but there, we have got talks ongoing with um, certain places to yeah, almost have use of their facility as like a, an academy type thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I know, I know. John was saying occasionally, like at the higher levels um, of the women's football, you need to have a pitch available at other nights of the week as well. So obviously, with everything booked out at night, it was actually really nice to see the women's game on a Tuesday night. I thought it was quite a nice atmosphere to be down yeah, there. Yeah, the I was, I was away. Unfortunately, I would love yeah. to. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I imagine it was, it was brilliant. And and going on to your point there as well, like if with the progression of the men's team, if they, they keep doing well, obviously I don't want to speak. I mean, this could be a few years down the line, but at some point maybe we'll have to find another um, place for teams to train if we ever have to rip the Astro pitch up, if you know what yeah. I mean. So, oh, um, is that George? Is that George releasing a bold statement on the, the Red Bull Yell podcast and ripping the pitch up? Because we know what that means, League Two football. Well, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we want yeah. to keep growing. Of course. Yeah, yeah, you never, you never. Right. Right. But you've got. But the thing is, you've got. You, uh, I and mean, we've had this conversation with Barry before. You've got to plan for the future because you can't just. You've got to look at the what ifs because you can't get to that point that if it actually happens, then you're in a situation where oh crap, what do we do now? Like you know, it would be a badly run business and a club if you didn't have those options. So of course, there must be plans that you obviously will never be released to us as fans, but you'll have it in the back burner. And it's just exciting to hear from you as the owner that the ambition is there that we might have to do things like that. So it's nice to hear, George. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, and Barry is great at that. To be honest, he's always looking five, five, ten years ahead. He's he's really good at, at that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot from him. To be fair, so. Yeah, no, it's no. all exciting stuff, and there's yeah. so many things that we're looking at and and planning for, and it's uh yeah, exciting. Well, as you time. as you know, I live in I live in Fairing, so if you want to stop the developers from building on Goring Gap, I'm sure we'd welcome Worthing Football Centre down in that area. They're trying to build houses <laughs> on, so if you want to go, I in think there, the rugby club tried to do that a few years ago. Didn't yeah, they, I think I've heard rumours that yeah, oh, Worthing Rugby Football Centre. You never know, you never know. We uh, I'm now sort of spreading rumours out there, but not true at yeah. all. But you know, it would be nice. But uh, it would be nice, I think, with the talk about the women's development. If you know, imagine in the future we could see a player that's you know started their career at Worthing Football Club and is now playing in the Women's Super League or for England and stuff like that, because that that would be unbelievable and what a testament to the club no matter what level we're at yeah 100 and i think we'd like to see or not like to see but it it's not going to be long before there's as many women or girls teams as there is boys teams mm. that that's what made the transition easier for us is because there's a lot more people to, or a lot more boys to, to choose from and come to do the trials and stuff to to compete to be in the under 14s 15s 16s whereas at the moment if we were to set up a a pathway i'm not sure you we'd have the same uptake or, or certainly we wouldn't have done three years ago yeah so I, I think it's only a matter of time now before them leagues are filled at under 14s 15s and 16s in the girls leagues and therefore we can add a team to it yeah and, um, yeah really create that pathway and we obviously we need to find somewhere for yeah. all these teams to train and play yeah. at the moment it's uh it's yeah it's full well, it's exciting. It's exciting to think about the future like that, George. So uh, thanks for that. But um, well, just before we wrap up, have you got are you you and Jess going away anywhere this summer before it all goes a bit chaotic in football season again? Or are you sort of just uh, enjoying the sunny Worthing weather? Yeah, I think we're just going to stay, uh, stay in England. And um, yeah. 
yeah, get the house ready for yeah. a little and so yeah, we've got yeah. a few bits to do around the house, enjoy the weather, and then um yeah, hopefully get all that done before she gets too big to want to move. Have you already uh started decorating a baby room or is it sort of we haven't started yet? decorating yet? We've chosen yeah. which room it's gonna be and yeah. we've planned, but we haven't chosen colours or anything yet because we don't know the gender. Yeah. Yeah, are you yeah. gonna are you gonna wait till the baby's born or are you gonna do a gender reveal? Uh we are do well we're, we're gonna find out. I think yeah. we'll find out soon actually in the next two, three weeks, something like that. Exciting. We've got a 20 week scan and then you find out, don't you? So yeah. we're gonna find out at that point and then we can start planning and buying. Are you gonna things. release uh, news to the world or is it gonna be a closely carded secret until I think uh, no, yeah, we're 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 releasing Right, it, I can sit now, right? You you two in the center circle, drones in <laughs> out. You got the poppers. I think it's got to be done, George. It's got to be done. Or one of them balls that explodes. Yeah, it. yeah. Boot it into the boot, boot into the goal or something like that, yeah. and that'd be uh, that'd be uh, that'd be a yeah. cool. Reveal, we haven't but... got any big reveal plans. No. Uh, so, but yeah, that is yeah. a good idea. I might yeah. get. Yeah. Might work on that. I'd have to speak to Stu about what. what, what <laughs> there is nothing like on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah confetti, yeah, yeah. confetti, some biodegradable yeah. confetti or something like that. There you go, make it all there. But that'll be good. That'll be really cool, George. We're we're all so excited for you, and we're excited to um see what comes over the summer, and uh, look forward to catching up with you uh, just before the season starts. Wicked. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, George. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. Uh, so nice to have George back, and I did uh, I did remember to include him this year because I don't remember last year we were going to include him, and uh, I realised that I forgot to speak to him after we'd won our most successive season. So I had, to, I had to wing it and say we got away with doing a special just with George, but he had a feature length podcast, so he can't <laughs> complain. Oh, but he got, his, got his own episode. He got his own episode, so you know what better honour. So yeah, but then I think you reminded him at the beginning of the episode. It was my fault for getting to include him on the end of season one, Spencer. So thank you for that. But anyway. Um, George, I mean, congratulations from all of us at Rebel Yell for the, uh, the upcoming birth of your child. Um, a new future Rebel that Stu can coach, <laughs> I think. Yeah, maybe in 18 years' time. Whether, I mean, yeah, we yeah. have a name. Well, maybe. hopefully young, but, um, you know. And um, I guess it's it's just, um, it's just so, it must be so good for the owner, like when he's come in and, you know, the famous chant of George Dell has a dream, like to save his football team, but it's more than saving his football team now. It's pushing it towards National League football. And it's just amazing. Just the whole round the club. And not even just from the men's team, from the women's side. I mean, guys, yeah. how how amazing have the women's team done this season? Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm great. You know, you know, just going, going back to George, you know, again, it's somebody who is fully 100% invested 
in the club and what 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 happens you know on and off the pitch and you know the club you know we know you know a hundred percent have got his backing and uh you know again another part of the jigsaw i guess you could uh you could say you know the jigsaw that all comes together to to make the football club what it is no it's it's, it's true because like you know it's just you can tell he's so invested in the club even with like his own personal life going in different directions now with you know his girlfriend and the pregnancy it's going to change change his life significantly but he's still got so even just chatting to him, he's got so much passion behind the club and he wants to see it go forward and as you know he's like you know saying in the interview that oh we, we could like we might have to change the pitch and stuff into a grass pitch you know you know that shows the determination and sort of behind his investment in the club and where he wants to see it going. I mean, we all know that if you have a grass pitch, you know what that means, don't you? So, you know, it's not National League football. That's higher than that. So, it's amazing to hear. But, um, George... Yeah, one step at a time. Well, it's in his plan. He had a five-year plan before. He's got to have another plan. Stu, you're not saying you'd like to see uh, um, Worthing as a League Two club? Uh, Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. Oh, yeah, but it, you think yeah. it's the sustainability, the way the club is being built. It's just step by step by step, year after year, and it's just getting better and better each year. Mate, you need money. Yeah, you need money. Um, and for me, yeah, you can you can build a certain. There's an interesting conversation we had on 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 um talk sport earlier. Um, said about the same thing basically, saying that, that you can build success on 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 good structures and, and and good um good ethoses and stuff like that and and to a certain extent you can um but i think it shows if you look at all the clubs that have moved out of the national league into into league two um and even to a certain extent national league south into national you, you do need a certain amount of backing yeah. to be able to, well you know you look at this year so you know Wrexham. everyone knows the hollywood story you know the the money that's gone in there and there's been reported was it, was it three million pound on salaries this year i think wrexham you know knotts county another world financially backed team salford what you know with the class of 92 even harrogate that went up i think they've got a, i think they've got a backer so yeah you yeah. definitely need a bit of money to what about what about george getting jump? into bed with fat boy slim or something he's not far away from here <laughs> yeah, it's an option, I guess. Or how about uh, what 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 Hollywood star would you like to see, Spencer? Probably Kylie Minogue or something like that. You'd love taking over <laughs> Woodside, wouldn't you? Or, uh, how about Kylie Andrew? Minogue, a Hollywood star? She... Well, no, but Spencer's well. favourite jukebox uh, hit. Whenever well, we're out yeah. in the nightclub, anyone that's ever seen Street Fighter definitely doesn't fall under. Um, Angelina Jolie. There we go. No, I take Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can you imagine that? <laughs> anyway, this is dream world and it's really not relevant. So let's move on quite significantly quickly. Um, going back to the women's team, I mean, as we said, what a season, Stu. I know, I know you're not directly involved with the women's team, but obviously you're down at Woodside quite a lot when they're playing. And you know, from an outside, from the point of view of being one of the coaches in the club, it's what an amazing achievement. Like it's Worthing Football Club's best ever season in more ways than one. Yeah, they're such a great bunch of people yeah really pleased with them really really pleased with them they're, they're good guys and I think they need to get out of that league to be quite honest with you because it's 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 yeah they're demolishing teams in that league aren't they um, but it shows so... it shows that John John you know money doesn't buy you everything look Ebsweet tried to buy the league like they put a lot of money behind it and they haven't been promoted you know yeah. John's got a quality team in players that are fully capable at the next level and yeah, it's just exactly. amazing to see that 
what what him and Kelly and the rest of the coaching staff have done. Yeah, he was telling me the other day he's got players that are playing two leagues above or, and are getting paid, offering to come in and play for free. Yeah, I think I think it's <laughs> John. Isn't it? I think think it's John, isn't it? I literally think it's John's personality, and there is such a real team spirit and. You know, there's a feeling, isn't there, of like there's something special going on. There's something happening. And again, we were talking about the men's team and a journey. You know, the women's team are on a journey as well. And it's like, come and come and join the journey. Yeah, yeah. I think, it, like I said earlier, like it's, 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 if you create the environment, then players, it's the football world is a small world. If you create a good environment, um, the, the word spreads. Yeah. Um, and you end up you end up getting players wanting to come and play for you and willing to offer their services for a lot less than they would do normally. Do you know what I mean? So and I look forward to seeing what the women's it's gonna good. be like next season. But let's talk to John and let's see what his views are on this season and if he's actually come down from Cloud Nine yet. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. John, it's so good to be joined by you again. And I think now finally we can um actually say congratulations. Uh champions, but not just once. Yeah twice and you did it in style you did it in style I mean when we spoke on the last podcast we were talking about yeah. a huge goal difference and I think you made that up completely didn't you by the end of it by the end we made the goal difference up yeah um and I mean, that's an achievement won. in itself well it was because I think it was about 18 maybe yeah. more goals to make up and yeah. we had um I think it was one or two two games in hand might be yeah. one game in hand. but yeah that was um yeah it was, it was that we, we scored a few goals, so um, yeah, called it up, which was just nice. So, when we last spoke, we were talking just before the League Cup final, which you um, went on the one, and that must have been such a good push for you and the girls to try and yeah. push on to that title. I mean, what, what was that like winning that League Cup? Um, to be fair, Dartford made it challenging for us, we weren't as fluid as we, we could have been, um, but it was really. I think I think it was one of those things where the players thought, oh, we've won one thing. We've got an opportunity now winning something else because we're actually in good form. Even though we didn't feel that we were at our best, we still won the game. Uh, and we got through a few games in the season where we weren't at our best, but we still won them. Um, so, yeah, it was really, really nice for the players and all the staff and the supporters came along. So they had a real good day. Yeah, we filled up a coach down to uh, up to yeah. uh, Sutton United, didn't you, for the final, which was good to see. And it was a good yeah. buzz. And I think just talking to some of the fans that were there, it just felt like, you know, they can really go on, do this. Um, and then you got the reprieve, didn't you? Um, yeah. For the, how did that all come about? Because it came out of the blue, really, for for me, like when I was brought drawn to attention. Because yeah. obviously, you know, we've we've seen on social media, there's a couple of bitter absolute fans saying, you know, you, you've had it dealt to you on a plate, but it's not right. Because obviously Millwall field, fielded in, ineligible player so, and that game so, is quite a big a big game in terms of uh the title it, it race was, but i think but basically i think what it was was prior to us playing them they hadn't paid a fine for something like a booking um and then it went over the time it was meant to have been paid so when they were to play us the team was suspended basically so they Apparently that had happened for a couple of other games for other teams. So what happened was obviously we drew that game. Uh, and for us to win the league, we'd have had to have won our games 
and got the goal difference back up. So we'd have had to have got the 18 goals, whatever it was. So the league had the meeting and they awarded other teams the points who they were going to play. But because they perceived it was really important that they were almost um, if they just gave us the three points, they would be handing the lead to us. They said we had to play the game again. Okay. And my question to them was, we could lose the game, and then it doesn't give us a chance to to mm. win the league. I said, so you know, we're going away to Millwall. So, but in the end, um, we did play it and we won it. So that enabled us to um, get the points clear instead of just having to score the the goals for the goal difference. I mean, we could talk for probably hours about how unjust sometimes these rulings are, but I never realised it was that case. So, you know, being given the points to the others and yeah, I can understand they don't want to look like they're handing the league to you. But then again, yeah. that doesn't seem, because if you had lost, yeah. <laughs> it would have been if a completely different played yeah. the game. If, if they'd have said beforehand, you can't play the game because we're suspended, we'd have got the three points. But we played the game and drew. Uh, yeah. So look, you know, well, we don't care. It doesn't matter now. It doesn't it matter. Doesn't matter <laughs> no, now, but but it's, in, it's in the past. But very what that meant is we had to play one more league game than everyone else. Yes, uh, true. And that made us have to play five games in 18 days. Yeah, I was going to get onto that in a second. Um, What I was going to touch on first is I know I texted you after the game and we obviously beat Millwall just the previous yeah. weekend and Ebsfleet at the time were losing, I think, when it was full-time. Then they equalised yes. right at the end and then they ended yeah. up winning right at the death. Yeah. Now, what? obviously, it's still in your hands. Obviously, you need to go and win against Acorns. But yeah. how did you go to the girls about that? Because you know, obviously, they must have been... I wasn't there, as you know, I was away on holiday. But, you know, it must have been uh, like, oh, we, we, it's in our hand. We've won the league now. Oh, no, we still won the league. Oh, no, we haven't. And, you know, going yeah. to prepare mentally for that extra game. What what was that like? And how do you sort of prepare the girls for that? Well, it happened quite quick. So on yeah. we kicked off at 1.30 on the Sunday and Ebbsfleet kicked off at 2 o'clock against Saltdean. So by the time the game ended, someone said, oh, it's free all. Um, and then... Obviously, the players were just looking on their phones. At three all, we'd already won the league. So, and then they scored in the last minute. So, to be honest, we expected Ebbsfleet to win the game. We went into it thinking they were going to beat Saltdean. So, it wasn't a major shock because we'd always said we've got to win the next five games to, to win the league. So, we always knew that in our heads that we were going to have to win all five. Um, it was just a pleasant surprise and almost um of exceptional surprise for, for us uh if we'd have won it then but yeah we didn't no you did and you went on got the glory at home it's just quite nice to be able to do it at home in front of the fans you know family and everything like that i mean from i as again i wasn't there uh due to being away but um from hearing reports it wasn't the girls didn't make it easy for themselves against acorns and maybe no. was that a bit of tiredness and sort of a bit of pressure on them or how do you view that i think i think we kept um the ball well. We kept the ball a lot. I don't think we were as cutthroat as we have been. Um, obviously, Acorns didn't want to be the team that, that we scored lots of goals against. So they they sat in well. Um, we, we created enough opportunities to win it in the first half. Uh, but a combination of their goalkeeper playing well and us not quite being as, like I said, as fluid as we were. But 
you could tell we were getting a little bit jaded. Mm. Um, so we we started some players who hadn't played as much as the other ones in the other games. A um, couple of walking wounded, probably three of our players on the bench were all had to come off early on on the Sunday. So yeah, but the players that that played still played really well. Just two one makes it look a little bit dodgy, doesn't it? How, how did you feel? Like you know, you must have. Could you watch the game almost? Or I know you obviously had to, but like, did you feel like closing your eyes and just counting down? Like, what was that? And have you been? Have you found yourself in a position like that before? Like where like you've literally got a very narrow lead, and it's such an important lead to have. You know, it's going to take um, you to a title. Not for a title, obviously for a cup games. Um, yeah. The cup games, it's it's always, I suppose, it's a similar sort of feeling because yeah, of course. you want to, you know, it's a, a game that's got to be won, really. Um, if we'd have drawn, we we wouldn't have won the league. Um, I was probably calmer than some of the other people because, to be honest, I was a bit more annoyed that we weren't playing as well as we have done. Mm. And um, so I was tr- thinking about how we were going to pl- try and play a little bit better, and I was frustrated on that side of things. But um, you know, there was a you could feel um, the people on the bench and the other people around were feeling a little bit um, uh... bit anxious. Yeah, a few more swear words came out. I was going to say there must have been some fruity language around that uh, at that yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not repeatable but, on here, please. So, <laughs> no. But I think once we scored the second, yeah, um, we looked re- pretty damn solid. I mm. think we it, it would have been nice to get a third, but I was thinking, you know, we're we're actually defending well. It'll have to be a probably a mistake by us for us not to mm. for us to have conceded. So. Yeah, it would. You wished it would fast forward a little bit more, but um, yeah, because of yeah. the goal difference, unfortunately, it would have been if it had been a draw, it would have been Ebbsfleet's title, wouldn't it? As well, yeah, if it was a draw, we wouldn't have won the league because of the fact that, um, I think we'd have been equal in goal difference. Oh, really? Yeah, it's um, it's one of those. So the whistle went, you're champions. What was that feeling like? I mean, amazing achievement, it, it was, it was, especially how we did it. Um, you know, we lost one and drew one during the season. Uh, we had a squad of 16. Two players got injured. We added to the squad to make it back up to 16. So to have gone through the season and have the cup run and win the cup, win the League Cup, um, I just felt for the players how how pleased I was for them, really. Yeah. Um, and the hard work, the staff and, yeah. and the volunteers have been doing loads of volunteers work on match days for us. So yeah. it's a real good celebration for them. Yeah, no, 100%. And then uh, you had the news of Treble that uh, there's going to be a little mini rebel popping out in the world very soon as well. Chloe Lilliot uh, announced her pregnancy. Like that yes. was, that was uh, a nice sort of little cherry on top of the icing of the cake, wasn't it? Yeah, well, obviously, um, she let me know a while ago. Yeah. Yeah, because I can't see so, many pregnant ladies being able to play competitive football, no. Well, I think, you know, you, you can play up to a certain stage, but I think the concern, you know, if you do get whacked in the tummy yeah. bar with a ball, et cetera, et cetera, because actually by being physically, doing physical activity is actually mm. good for, yeah. for you when you're pregnant. But I think she wouldn't have, she just was really worried about yeah, something of course. Like that. so we have to say that's fine. is there any rules um in terms of women's football that if they are no. certain far gone or anything like that they cannot play or is it all down to the player no it's it's just medically um, yeah. um what the advice would be yeah. and, and the player to make the decision yeah no. so you know certainly up to a certain period of time yeah um 
then you know that it, it's once mm. it goes past a certain stage obviously uh, yeah. you still got to look at your performance as well if of you course. can perform yeah exactly yeah i think you might be performed for two then um so you've you've done it now you've you must have. I know. Texted you for the uh, for the week, and you've said you're sort of knackered. Uh, yeah. Have you had a chance to reflect on it yet, and actually sit around and go, "God, what a bloody good achievement that is." Yeah, I think what what I was really pleased was that, and also you just thought about what other managers have said during the last few games about how many comments we've had with, "You're the best team we've played. You've been the best team all season." You know, you the way you play football, the way your t- players conduct themselves. So you could see that there was a feeling that the other teams respected what you did. Yeah. So it's a massive, like, it, it, I mean, it's just the high. It, this is the highest level Worthing women's have ever got to. Uh, they're promoted, and let me get yeah. this right: they're promoted into the women's division one South. Am I correct? Yeah. Yep. National um, League, National League uh, Division One South. As a club, what? What's the difference to preparing for the season now? Because obviously we're a league above. So as I've spoken yeah. to you in years before, you've always said, you know, you have to have two sort of options that you might be in this league this season, you might be in this league, so you're preparing. Um, is there a different calibre and type of play you'll be looking at now? Is there sort of different preparations you need to do? Is there sort of more funding needed from the actual club? What yeah. as a, From an outsider, what, what is the preparation now for you? I think we've got a team that can compete with the tier above the yep. league above because of where we saw with the performances that we played when we played teams two tiers above. What you need, though, is players who can have a little bit more experience at that level and can deal with the games being closer. You know, we're quite a few yeah. games this year where, you know, we'd scored two or three in the first 10 minutes and we knew we we're going to win the game. Yeah, That's not going to be the case next year the case next year will be that all games will be close. So the players will have to mentally and physically be able to cope with that. Um, so we'll need to be fitter and stronger. We'll need, again, a depth in our squad. So it'd be nice to bring players in who are more experienced at that level. To go with some players who've played at the level already, We've already got some. Yeah, you have. Also, some of our younger players have really kicked on this season. So, you know, it's not like you need six, seven players. You don't. You probably need three or four good quality players and the other players to step up. Um, In terms of finances, we need more finances, definitely. There's more travel. Um, to keep the players on that fitness and that strength level, you need some more backroom staff to support them on that. But also there's more journeys for them. So potentially you might have to train more times a week. So that means more players are travelling further. Yeah. So um, fuel is really expensive now. So you're you're going to, if you're going to get players who might have to drive a little bit further, which some of our players already do, you know, how yeah. if, if we can't compete um, to support them a bit, then can we get them? Yeah, no, I was going to say about the training regime, because obviously will will that likely be more now that you've gone promotion? It will, but uh, again, it depends. You know, the facilities we've got are, are, are wonderful, but there's so many people on it. Mm. You know, you could look at doing something like a gym session, going out on a pitch for an hour after the, a gym session. Yeah. That might be something. 
but then you've still got to get the the time on the pitch that's or it pitch somewhere else well, I know that's always one of the things we've been saying when we've spoken about, obviously, after the women's uh, Euro win, like setting up a women's academy, the club would love to do it. But at the moment, there's just no capacity at Woodside Road to do that, as well as all the training. And I guess with the more success that comes with the men's team and the women's team, yeah, the, the less opportunity there is for anything else. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the thing. It's uh, it's, a, it's at a premium, the um, yeah. the space on the pitch. I and we've already, we already do... Um, uh, a midnight shift or, or a late shift on um, on a Thursday, so yeah, the training light. time couldn't be the same on a on a on another day. Yeah, no, I know. I quite, I had to say, I did quite like watching the women under the lights on um, on a Tuesday night. It was, yes, is it yeah. something that you might be able to do next season, or is that was that just because of fitting them all in? Because I thought it was added quite a nice atmosphere to it. I, I like playing under lights, but again, um, it's it's the space on the pitch, mm-hmm. but we have to have. Um, access to a pitch for at least two games next season in this new league. So whether that's at Woodside or we'd have to think about hiring another pitch, I don't know. Yeah, It'll be inter- it's going to be interesting, John. It's going to it's going to be a new challenge for everyone at the club. And it's going to be great to see. Um, you're off on your holiday soon. Hope you get a bit yeah. of R and R and relaxation. When are you back with the girls training and sort of? Have you got any pre-season fixtures lined up? Yeah, so we're back on the sixth of July. At the moment, we've got um, Montpellier Villa on the 16th. We've got um, Salt Dean on the 23rd. We've got um, Southampton Women on the 30th. Then we've got um, Moneyfields, uh, whatever that next Sunday after that. Would that be the 6th or the 7th? Uh, and then the next one's to be confirmed. Uh, all of them are home games. Oh. Uh, and it looks like the season will start on the 20th of August. Yeah, well, we'll be down there, Spencer and I, and some of the WFCFA committee to try and sell membership to all the fans, and it'll be yeah. good to get some support, John. But well done from all of us at Rebel Yell. Pete and uh, Spencer Thank can't you. be with us now, um, but they do pass. I know Spencer and Pete, obviously, you saw them on Tuesday yeah. night at the yeah. ground, and they sent their congratulations to them. But it's an amazing achievement. Can't wait to see what happens next year. Look after yourself. Have a good summer. Um, enjoy, and we'll speak to you before the season properly starts. Thank you very much and um, have a good one. Thanks, John. Cheers, mate. Cheers, bye. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Spencer, it's been so good over the past season to be able to just have that open and honest relationship with John. And he's always meeting us early before his training session, coming in a little bit early just to speak to the podcast. And I know he appreciates the sort of, uh, you know, the, 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 what am I trying to get out? The, the, um, the support the support we give the women's team there you go thank you there we go. thank you i got there in the end blame that beer um it's it's one of those that you know it's just good to be able to support the women's team and you know hopefully now with you know these last couple of games there's been a bigger crowd you know on the the, the night they actually come down and support the women's team we appreciate you know you might be seeing the men's team on a saturday and you can't always give the sunday but if you've got a spare moment and you never know there might be a few night games next season which would be brilliant to go and see the women's game because i really enjoyed it under the lights yeah but yeah it's all an it's all an upward trajectory on on and off the pitch and you know same same as Hinch you know John is always so so good with his time and you know we were saying you know about getting the players coming along you know such a sort of engaging sort of encouraging kind of so I think of the words as well you know character you know you can see his drive his ambition and you know the his team want to want to be part of that so yeah 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 definitely
No, it's good. Well, let's um speak to Gemma Oswald, the Worthing women's team captain, and speak to her about finally getting the gold and getting the league double, league cup double this season. Um, and a season that will go down the history of Worthing Women's Football Club. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. Is that better? Can you hear me now? Right now, we're joined by Gemma Worsfold. How are we doing, Gemma? Congratulations on doing the double. Um, most importantly, the promotion. Um, yeah, have you stepped off cloud nine yet? Yes, just about. It's been a it's been a roller coaster of a season, but yeah, it's finally it's good to finally have the the uh, silverware in our hands and now just uh, switch off for a bit. It was getting a bit nervy towards the end there, wasn't it? It was slightly nervy. And yeah, it's been a bit of a funny season, really. So you're kind of in the running the whole time, but then, yeah, kind of, well, dropped a few points and thought it was, thought this league had gone and then, yeah, managed to, to claw it back and do the double. So, yeah, amazing feeling. Well, I mean, we, we spoke to Rachel Palmer, obviously, and uh, when she was a new sign at the beginning of the season. And um, she was like, yeah, we're here to win it. And uh, it came true, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, 100%. And that's, that was our ambition from the start, was to win the league and finally get out of this league. I mean, it's a really difficult league to get out of, one team oh, yeah. going up. And it's super competitive. So, yeah, to finally be out of this league and, yeah, be kicking on to where the team deserve to be really we've got the players we've always been good enough to know we can push and win yeah. the league so yeah and especially the... especially to beat Ebbsfleet as well in the standard and the level they were at yeah I mean unbelievable and just and so consistent and so were we like for two and it, it does seem a bit cruel that two teams can play so well consistently through the season and be so close and only one team goes up I mean it's Yes, it's kind of unfair. When you look at the points between first and second and then third place, yeah, it kind of it would only be fair for two teams to go up, like in most leagues, but for some reason there's only only one of us can do it and fortunately it, it fell to us. What what did you feel when you found out you had this reprieve? Because John explained to me, I spoke to John, we interviewed him earlier and um he said that I didn't realise this that because Millwall filled in an ineligible player, they awarded all the other teams three points that they did. But because it would have basically been hand in worth in the league, they said you had to replay it. And John was kind of <laughs> like in the sort of, well, hang on a sec. If we lose it, it's no benefit to us. But he yeah. can understand where they're coming from. So that obviously reprieved, but obviously extra pressure. Well, how, how did that feel when you heard, found out about it? Huge pressure. Well, at first when we found out, we were like obviously amazing, like we get to go and do it again I mean we were we were pretty poor the first time we played them and we dropped points so yeah to get the opportunity again is amazing but then I think it was a, the week after we found out that everyone else had got the point she kind of it was a bit um it's, it's nice that we got the opportunity but then you're questioning it you're like how yeah. does one team get the points because it, the rule is the rule it doesn't depend on where you are in yeah. the league it brings if you, you get three points you get three points yeah, it brings the integrity of the, the league into question, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. And I guess as a punishment to Mill, they get to replay the fixture with the opportunity for them to get three points yeah. at their home ground, which is a difficult place to play. So it kind of, it almost didn't feel like a punishment for, for them. But I guess we had to just take the opportunity and just go and get the job done. And fortunately, we did that. I think it might, I think to be honest, it's, it, it, 
we we we've known over the past few years doing this podcast and what FAs are like doesn't matter if it's in the women's game or the men's game they haven't always been fair towards Worthing have they so you know it doesn't come as a surprise <laughs> like whatever team or division you're in um I think I think there's a lot of questions asked over them regardless uh, but yeah I mean I I, I still think there's just something being looked into because I don't think it's right but you know we're not here to talk about it. we don't we don't need to talk in the past because it doesn't matter now we are champions obviously we played Millwall on the Saturday outside oh, the Sunday and um we were about, I think, five minutes away from winning the league because uh, obviously Salt Dean were drawing uh, with yeah. Ebb's fleet. You, I know you were all sort of looking at your phones, refreshing Twitter and everything like that. When you found out it's <laughs> going to have to go to the final game of the season, did that, as a player, did that, and as a team, I guess to capture the team, did that add any pressure to your preparation or like how were your mindset at that? No, I guess you kind of just have to take that challenge and you look at it, it's nice. You want to win the league playing a game in front of your home crowd and there was an amazing turnout that night that we finally did it so yes it would take the pressure off and then you can play with a bit more freedom and enjoy the the last game of the season but really that's kind of how you want to win the league is it was more of an occasion and yeah fortunately it went our way and turned into a, an amazing evening so and speaking of occasion so the the, the league cup final um you know how that was. That was from a fan perspective. That was an amazing. That was an amazing day. Um, you know how was it for you? You know going and playing at a a, a league ground, going to play at, at Sutton United. Um, yeah, incredible, you know. amazing ground to play at, and um, wasn't one one of our finest performances. I wouldn't say, but it was. Um, it was a very competitive game, which obviously makes it better for the spectators and. Yeah, fortunately, we were able to come away with the trophy and take it off the, the holders. So that was a really good day. All the girls loved it. Getting the coach up like just adds to the experience. And yeah, amazing for the team and appreciated all the support that came with it. So yeah, no, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it, was, it was certainly a game that swung, wasn't it? You know, Dartford come out, especially after half time came out. Very strong, but then yeah, absolutely. You know, once, once we scored, that seemed to that turned the game. Yeah, which is also this last game of our season to win the league. I mean, that wasn't our finest moment. I no. obviously wasn't on the no. pitch, but watching from the sideline, it was so stressful. I mean, yeah, especially once it got down into injury time, it was just kind of ball in the corner, wasn't it? And just let's 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 <laughs> let's let's hold up to what we've got and how long counting down the seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Spencer, I think you agree with me. I actually quite like seeing women play under the lights. I just, I love a nighttime game anyway, and especially when it's got a bit milder. Did you enjoy yeah. playing um, a game um, on Gemma? Sorry, because Hannah's name's right in front of me right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you don't know, guys, we're recording this. Gemma's using Hannah's account. So this is why it's really <laughs> just confusing. Just enter everything. And because, yes. <laughs> but um, what was it like playing under the lights? Was it a good atmosphere? Is it different for the girls and yourself? Yeah, playing? it's amazing. Well, I didn't get to play in it, unfortunately, because I got injured, missed the last three games yeah. of the season. So watching from the sideline is pretty stressful anyway. But yeah. yeah, it's an amazing occasion. And yeah, seeing it was a very good crowd, given that it was a, a Wednesday night down at Woodside. It was, um, yeah, good turnout, great atmosphere. Stressful to watch from the side, but enjoyed the whole occasion. And yeah, it was a good night celebrating. No, fantastic. Um, well, before we wrap up the interview, we just want to sort of, obviously, apart from the obvious, what is your highlight of the season been? Oh, highlight of the season. Well, it definitely wasn't going back to Millwall again, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the um, 
I think the cup game, winning the cup, that was that was a pretty special moment. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, just just the whole season. It's been a really long season, and it's had its ups and downs. But when you come away with two trophies at the end of it, league title, it kind of makes it all worthwhile. So. Absolutely. Yeah, the cup game for me though. It's a good day out. I mean, we've noticed throughout the season how the sort of girls have just bonded. It's it's like the men's team. There's such a bond. Both managers enable the squads to end up being so close and so team team driven. It, it just is such a pleasure to watch. And obviously, you have got the end goal and uh, one of worthy FC's most successful seasons ever in theory. Yeah, yeah, and on it's that's what makes it happen. It's just that that team spirit I guess and you just know that everyone's there for each other and it's it's not a forced situation sometimes in our teams in the past they've kind of just like forced you to get on and be friends and chat but with this group it really is just natural and I think yeah. it shows on the pitch so yeah we see, yeah, we see, you see that you see that off the pitch as well after the games everyone yeah everyone yeah in and the, that in helps what you're doing and, on the pitch so. um and at, tra- at training as well yeah and then we'll see yeah. um, a, t- a squad of godmothers for young Chloe, who's uh, announced that she's uh, expected a baby know, after the game. I mean, that was amazing to see. So uh, that's going to be such a cool thing. And congratulations to her and her partner. But um, yeah. are we going to be seeing you pulling the shirt next season? Well, we shall see. Watch this space. We hope <laughs> I'm so. we hope nursing so. an injury at the moment. So the, the first priority is just get back from that, see where I am and then... Get yourself. Yeah, hopefully but, I haven't missed too much of preseason and go yeah. from there. Well, I know we all see you at Woodside Road anyway, so it doesn't matter what sort of situation you're at. Oh, so we course. look forward to that. But um Gemma, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations. And um we look forward to seeing what next season brings and enjoy your summer off if you get to go away and get some R and R. Absolutely. Nice one. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Gemma. Good speaking to you. See ya. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Great to speak to Gemma. Uh, hopefully she comes back from injury and hopefully we do see her next season. She said, watch this space, Spencer, didn't she? So let's, uh, let's think of course, it'd be good for yeah. her. I mean, I, even if she doesn't come back in a playing form, obviously you see Hannah, um, her partner, obviously that, that she's in around the club as a coach. So yeah. I'm sure it won't be the last we ever see of Gemma. Well, she's uh, definitely know, enjoyed her off season mate because I had a drink with her and Hannah outside coast on, on Saturday so uh, they're definitely enjoying their, their off season oh is so. that is that the therapy of uh, getting her injury sorted then a couple of bevies yeah I think so yeah don't blame her why I don't blame her she when, deserves it what, what, you, you what literally cannot beat season. Worthing when the sun I mean I was out in town today with the missus and you know when it's sunny it's just nothing better than being sunny Worthing even there's where I go around, and I, well, I'll, Stu, Stu will probably say, Stu, Stu, Stu will probably say the places I go and see, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot better. It's, yeah, yeah, it's lovely. I've done seafront on Saturday, to be fair. Yeah, really I mean, nice. the, the Bahamas, where I go in a couple of weeks' time, is going to be awful. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's probably better than sunny Worthing, mate, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to come, Stu? Definitely I've got a spare there. seat on no, the plane just... for you. We can just stick yeah. some more palm trees in and you'd never notice the difference. Uh, what, those Cordelia, the ones that they covered over in the winter and nearly blew away. But anyway, it's worth it for you. Um, just congratulations from all of us at Rebel Yell for the women's team uh, this season. Um, it has been unbelievable and can't wait to see where the team goes next season as well as the men's. But guys, um, I think before we start wrapping up this podcast, it's probably fair to speak to Barry, our chairman, Barry Hunter, because, you know, a lot of the testament to where the club is going and sort of, you have to give it to Barry and his team and the board to like where they've taken the club and what they're doing to progress this club. And it is a slow burner. We all know that it's not <laughs> going to be immediate, but 
I mean, Spence, you, so you said from a fan's point of view, um, we they brought in the new general manager, Keith, who is, is made a really good first impression on a lot of people. This club's just yep. going to go up and up. Yeah. And, the, you know, it's a common trend, isn't it? All, all the way through this podcast has been, you know, the trajectory that the club as a whole is on, the different sections, the different teams. And that's all gelled together and brought together by what's going on off the pitch and at the top and what, what's what's feeding on down through the club, you know, the whole the whole ethos and the pathway and, you know, the, the objectives are all set there and, you know, everyone's, everyone's, everyone's bought in and buying in. And it's, it's, it's fantastic place to be in the situation to be in. Nice. And Stu, being part of that as a member of the club staff, what is it like to have someone that's like, like Barry in, as a chairman? It must be a good feeling when you know that club's in good hands. Yeah, mate, like I say, like it's, you just want everybody pulling in the same direction, um, whether it's the chairman, the owner, the, the kit man, the coach, whatever it may be, everybody's going to be fighting the same for the same cause and fighting in the same direction, putting in the same direction. And I think Barry is, to be fair, um, where previous previous chairmen probably weren't, uh, if I'm honest. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm fully confident he's got the best the club's best interests at heart. And he's brought in a new general manager in Keith's, and we'll try and speak to Keith before the season on the pre-season podcast. So it'd be good to speak to him. But without further ado, let's speak to Barry. The last interview of this podcast tonight, this action-packed podcast. So uh, over to you, Barry. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. We're joined by Barry Hunter, the club's chairman. If you uh, don't know, you'd be living under a rock. How are you doing, Barry? You okay? Very well, thanks, James. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Missing the football already. Um, but um, let's look back on the season. Um what a successful season for the club, not only the men's, but the women's. The women's winning two trophies, a promotion and a League Cup. The men's reaching the semi-finals and a National League South playoff for the first time of asking, finishing fourth in the league. As the chairman of the club, I mean, Spencer, we've said it plenty of times over beers after the match. We'd sat there when we lifted the Isthmian Trophy this time last year and we'd mm-hmm. said we would be uh, finishing fourth and, you know, um, getting to the semi-finals of the National League South playoffs in uh, the following season. It, it kind of was a dream, but we were expected just to stay up. But to go that far, from a chairman's point of view, how's it been for you? Proud, very proud of the whole club, on and off the pitch, because obviously they go hand in hand. So um, watching the whole club operate, not just this last season, but in the few seasons before that, that I've been involved uh, been incredibly um, proud of what everyone's managed to achieve. I, I think you you capture all this and say the club last season or this last season didn't just turn up to play in a new league um, in both men's and women's. It actually, and it didn't just nudge itself forward. It absolutely pushed on leaps and bounds. The club moved forward both on and off the pitch. So for me, that's um, a very successful season. You, you pointed out all the different things that we achieved in the year. Um, that's not a club that's just settling for where we're at. It's a club pushing forward and and pushing forward with quite um, an assertive... Uh, we're keen to keep going further and further. We've got great momentum is the point. And uh, I'm very proud of what we've managed to achieve this year. And uh, shout out to the under-18s as well, you know, so... You know, let's look into the future as well. Under 18s have been, you know, back to back league titles this year. And I think, especially when you think how many of the players have been called into the first team squad, how they've managed to still win the league with uh, sometimes more of a depleted squad, I think it's probably more of a greater achievement this season than it was last season. No, it definitely is. It definitely is. Um, I mean, looking back on it, um, when 
you know, I, I did wind you up a few times about holidays and, you know, taking holiday when it could be the playoff final and funds and stuff like that throughout the course of the season when I saw you. Um, when did you have to start getting serious about the planning for a possible promotion throughout the season? Because obviously it's not something you could just stumble upon on the last minute because going up to the National League would have been a massive step up in costs and stadium and everything like that. And obviously we've seen stuff finished towards the end of March, which made our ground was graded enough to stay in this league. And obviously we, we saw the um, St. Elbows Road End stand be uh, demolished and just flattened out. What, what When did you start having to really seriously look at that and sort of what are the long-term plans, I guess, for sort of the stadium in the next couple of years? Well, we've got a, a few points in there, James. We've got a parallel strategy, if you like, um, on the one hand, we have, and importantly, we want to grow and progress the club sustainably. And we've had a plan to do that. Uh, and that plan looks out beyond uh, two to three years. And it, it, the plan is to get the football club, at certainly men's senior team, playing a full-time operation and the women's team competing in the National League and, and establishing it themselves in the National League. Uh, our academy continuing to grow, our, our pathways growing, continuing to grow and introducing a, a girls' pathway as well and all the work we do with the community. And that there's a plan, regardless of what league we're in, that we're aiming to, to, to achieve. Um, if we could be playing full-time football like Ebbsfleet did in, in, in the National League South or we could be playing it in the National, National League. So we've got that plan. We're... We're going to need three years probably to really build up our revenue streams, our sources of revenue to make sure that we are fit for purpose, but we've had enough runway to, to grow our revenue so that we can prosper in, 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 the, uh, in the ultimate playing in the National League. But had we got there earlier um, or should it take longer than three years, we've got a plan to, to deal with that and manage around it. Clearly, if we'd gone up this season, it was ahead of the curve. Mm. Um, it would have been a nice surprise, but it would have been challenging. But we definitely had a plan to make sure we would have given it an incredibly good shot. Um, but you're only two years into a three or four year revenue plan, so it was going to be more demanding. What we do know is when you go up to the National League, a lot of operational upheaval, a lot of um, additional costs like the travel, overnight stays, etc., but you also get a substantial increase in media media money and other funds coming out down from the Premier League. So that kind of washes its face, and it's much more about the money we can self-generate. And we'd be at the early stage of that, but it would have been okay. We would have definitely given it um, our best effort, and um, you know, had it come around, we would have made sure we succeeded. Um, is there anything you've particularly learned, Barry, from sort of visiting teams this year, you know, around that? You know, teams that have been around a bit at that level or come down from a level above, you know, sort of facilities wise or, you know, chatting to to fellow chair people, etc. Well, that's what I do do. I made it an absolute focus this year to make sure I spoke to every board member or at least every uh, director at every club we visited to learn about what they do, what they don't do, um, how they operate, what their financial strategies are. We've learned a few things. I would say there are probably four or five things I've picked up here, Spencer. <laughs> the first is I think we shouldn't look at the National League South as our holy grail. Or like that answer. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, I, 
I genuinely believe that. And, you know, and that's no disrespect to the teams and clubs we've met. Um, they're all, they've all got their different uh, characteristics, but I don't believe we should be thinking National League South is our North Star. We're very comfortable here already. I think we would shake off, I think we've learned, we need to learn to shake off any notion that we're little old Worthing. Got to stop. Uh, we need to move on. And I know that by talking to all the clubs who give us huge amounts of respect as a football club. Um, probably we need to beef ourselves up, big ourselves up a bit more. Um, I've learned that it's important to remain a sustainable football club, that we spend what we earn, we live within our means. Because we've got such an opportunity to grow further in our own skin, we don't need to blow it by... Yeah by overspending and overstretching ourselves financially. And I've yeah. seen some of that happen in some of the other clubs. Yeah, we don't want to throw away the good work we've already put in. Exactly right. We need to... If you've ever run a marathon, uh, and I have run one, and I'll never run one again, <laughs> but the biggest lesson, life lesson that marathon taught me was to run your own race. doesn't matter if people around you are fitter, faster, stronger, slower. You know how you operate. You know your body. You know what your race will be and needs to be the pace you need to run at to make it through 26 miles. And what I've learned this, this season by talking to lots of clubs is we've got to continue to run our own race, keep building up the club, but doing it our own time. There'll be others that are going to try and get ahead of us quicker and get promotion. And there'll be others that are behind our curve. We've just got our own curve. And I think um, that's another thing I've learned. And I suppose the final thing, Spencer, to a really good question is that talking to lots of clubs, it's clear to me that we cannot benchmark our club on other clubs in Sussex or even football clubs because there's some really, really good practice. Um, and I know this myself, and that's why we've introduced Keith to the, to the club as a general manager. Great, good practices outside of football as well. So there's, I guess it's not more about, it's not about what we should build in the stadiums. It's more about our culture and the way we think and behave that I've picked up most. And you've also picked up I've some behaviours from certain chairmen that you don't want to repeat. And uh, we'll keep those chairmen unnamed. <clears throat> I think everyone would know who we're talking about. But anyway, moving on, Barry. Um, the stadium, obviously, as I mentioned, you had to get up to a certain standard by, I think it was end of March, was it? Was it end of March, I think, to remain in this league? Um, I know a lot of the fans have said, like, you know, it's a shame we haven't got a cover over that end now because, obviously, especially during the winter, there isn't as much cover around the ground anymore if we get those horrible rainy nights, which could affect attendances. What are the plans in the next year? We I know he's got a plan in the long run, but I'm talking about this following season. What are the plans for the stadium and what will it look like this time next year? So the capacity um, topic you're just you know you you've just raised James. We needed to get to over three thousand or three thousand plus um, by the end of March to enable us. That's a year we were given operating in the league to enable us to continue to operate in the league and compete in the league. And um, we looked at the best way we could secure three thousand in the most affordable way using whatever grants we could. And the work to the um, West End behind the goal was the obvious target for us. Um, and we actually laid a flatbed because it, we could get more people in the capacity calculation from a flat floor than we could from a terraced floor. And it meant we had to do less around the ground to get capacity numbers up. So um, the other thing we've got to consider here is that 
we want to spend money around the ground when we know we can access and apply for grants. So if, if I told you, for example, that um, we could apply for a grant if, as and when we hit step one, because at step one National League, they require and therefore will help you qualify for a grant for terracing behind the goals. Now, that cost might be in total 80,000, 90,000 mm -hmm. um, We would be we would be uh, misguided if we thought we are best to use our own funds to pay for all of that when if we waited till we were promoted, we could access around 70% of that through a grant funding. So not everything's ideal at the moment, and we are going to require some patience from uh, our supporters. We're definitely applying that patience, that role to ourselves as a management group and a board. But it makes most sense to wait until we qualify for grants. So in terms of... Um, next season, I don't think you'll see anything change in terms of the terracing and the stands and the covered because uh, we don't qualify for anything to help us develop it. We need to wait. Um, what we will see is um, a roof structure over the fan zone, which we're planning on, which we can get help and grants for, um, a, a proper flooring for the fan zone, connecting up to the Woodside Road Bar, development of the Woodside Road Bar, um, and, and we're also looking at areas around the ground that we can improve toilet facilities to help yeah. with the... 100% uh, toilets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially at the St. Elmo's end. Yeah. Now, if you, it, if you take it, it a little bit further sorry, forward, sorry, Spencer, if you take it forward, um, National League require 4,000 capacity. So we'd need another 1,000, and they also require the terracing. So then you're thinking, right, we will do the terracing behind the goals, West and the West End, and we will also do some work to start developing what is the North Bank terracing, uh, taking the grass bank out, redeveloping that. And actually, I think if we did the whole of that North Stand, we could get 5,000 capacity into the ground. So a bit of a waiting game and a patience game, I'm afraid. Sorry, uh, Spencer, I interrupted you there. No, that's okay. It was only around the toilet facilities and the, the St. Elmo's end. It was just from a fan perspective, it made a big difference when we had we had portable toilets at that end but then towards the end of the season they vanished yeah um and then that it just it just creates extra traffic going in and out of the clubhouse and down past the stand that you can't get past anyway and except to get to the loose but it's just a, a fan thing um you also mentioned about the uh woodside road bar um so is there a time scale on that at the moment or our first priority is going to be the um, works to the fan zone. We started that job, so we're going to complete that first, put the roof in, put a floor down, connect it up to the woodside bar. And then in time for the winter, um, we will work in the uh, or to refurbish the, uh, the woodside road bar itself. And I think what we're going to do in there is um, put a, a serving area where the offices used to go to the right as you walk in there, um, there'll be a servery which will have some hot and cold food and a bit like the kitchen is at the moment, but won't be frying in there, uh, pasties, etc. But you'll also have the ability to buy a beer or two in there as well. So that doubles up not just for match days, but also yeah. for us functions and events. Harry, does it does it not concern you a little bit that with um obviously not replacing the roof even as a temporary measure on the end where it's been replaced where it's gone, when we have those horrible 
cold, rainy nights on a weeknight or on a Saturday where it's pouring with rain? Does it not worry that we might not get the income from entrances because people are thinking, well, there's not going to really be anywhere to stand and we're going to get soaking wet. Oh, we might as well just stay at home and watch Soccer Saturday or something like that. Does that not concern you at all? It definitely is a consideration, James. I don't, yeah. like, I don't like it. We've been obviously inherited a situation here where yeah. the old stand was redundant. I mean, I think mm. if the minute you touch the north stand there that's yeah. going to be ridiculous as yeah. well. it's <laughs> don't it, run into it no we've got we've got quite a legacy around the yeah. ground we're, we're having to work out how best we replace it and um yeah. yeah it does bother us we'd rather have everyone undercover or at least most people yeah. it's not ideal but when no. you look at the cost of doing it we really would appreciate help from grants like uh 50 to 70k yeah much better we don't get that from a grant than it was yeah. for us for money it's it's a difficult one I mean, is it one of those things that you might have to end up looking at sponsorship from outside companies to help provide those additions to the ground eventually? Well, we need the sponsorship income and, and other new sources of revenue or growing our current sources of revenue just to grow our total revenue streams to support that three-year plan we mentioned, which is to provide um, an income stream that pays for us to operate as a full-time football club, separate to anything we're doing mm -hmm. in terms of our infrastructure. So you, you've got you've got you know, a number of things we're trying to do, and yeah. you've got plates to spin all over, and so Absolutely. you can't pick it out of one one hand and and give it to another. You still got to sort out the other problem. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. Obviously, talk about revenue streams. Ticket prices have gone up by a pound next season to sixteen pounds entrance. Um, what was the thinking behind that? Was it a hard decision to make? Because I know when we spoke to you last season, you were umming and ahhing like of you know what what do we put the price as, and you know do we have this early bird stuff? And from as far as I know, there's not going to be an early bird ticket price this year. Am I right in saying that? Well, funny enough, the early bird tickets uh, have been not the season tickets, not the season tickets. I'm talking about like you know if you buy it earlier in advance, you know like you get a pound off. Ah, yeah, okay. You're talking about the online purchase. Yeah. So the ticket pricing really was a two-year plan. And and what we didn't want to do last year was it was a big jump um, had we gone the full full way, which we, you know, we probably would have welcomed in terms of revenues, but didn't believe it's the right thing to do for our supporters. So we took a two, we've taken a two-step um, process to this. So we knew we were going to go another pound this year. Um, we would have probably see some of our other clubs in our league go to 17. We're keeping it at 16. What's helped with that is that we've we're not going to offer the discount for the as you just mentioned the uh, the pre match or the night before advanced purchase online. We've noticed around about 15 percent of our ticket sales are online in advance. It hasn't really affected behaviour. We still encourage it because it gives people easier access through the ground, but. It hasn't really made a difference to people's purchasing behaviour. So we've decided just to offer that at the same price at 16. It's helped us keep the gate price at 16 pounds rather than anything higher. Um, the season tickets still offer six games free if everyone attends, someone attends all season, 26% discount. And the early birds, another 10% on that. So that was always in our thinking last season. So we did it in, in, in two phases. So, um, so like, I mean, there's, is there no, so the, the advanced ticket the night before is just not coming back at all. That's going to be, that's completely gone now then. It has. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Certainly for this season anyway, we didn't yeah. think that the behavior, there wasn't enough people mm. 
taking it up to be honest James. surprises me it does surprise me to be honest because i would have thought you know even a quid extra to like you know it's just it's a mentality type of thing is that you know you think saving yourself by buying it in advance it obviously gets you in a little bit quicker and uh gets you a little extra discount so i'm surprised it's like it was quite a low intake yeah people were probably comfortable with the 15 pound price mm -hmm. yeah um, i mean let's face it we did get good value last season so we did yeah and you don't know how many people make a decision on the day as well about attending well actually of that 15% that did buy online in advance, uh, actually, there's a fair chunk of those that bought on the same day. So they didn't qualify for the discount either. So it is people making the decision in the morning and just taking a more efficient route or you know convenient way to, to buy the ticket. So we've talked... Yeah, no, no. We, so we talked about the... Um, obviously, the revenue streams for the men's team and obviously the women's, as we mentioned, have had great success going to the Women's FA National League for the first time uh, in the Division 1 South, um, which is a massive achievement by John and uh, the rest of the team and the ladies. Um, you can obviously have to find revenue streams that to attract the right players, attract sort of... What What are your plans for the women's team next season? And firstly, what are your thoughts of it this season, I guess? How, how well they've done? Well, I mean, it's been an incredibly successful season for a women's team as well. John and Kelly and, and Rad have done a fantastic job with the squad which has evolved, um, they gave themselves a great chance. We got fortunate with the replay, which was great. We took advantage of that. They've had a League Cup win and a great run in the FA Cup. So it's been an incredibly good season. And um, we encourage, we wanted to encourage that, um, that progression to the women's team. Jumping into the National League now, it's a level four, step four of, of the women's pyramid. We've been talking to John for a while. We spoke to him way before Christmas um, just to say, look, if, if you did progress, what do you need in order to survive and prosper in the National League? We discussed that. There are some things that uh, he needs. There are some things he won't need. And um, Nathan, myself, with the board, and John are just putting that little plan together now. But yes, of course, they're going to want certain things which maybe they didn't have uh, in abundance this season, like some of the travel arrangements could be better for them, um, some kit, some uh, extra support around coaching. Those sorts of things um, are important. And because of the stadium, because of all the work we do for the whole club in terms of the facilities, I think a lot of that, and John and Kelly in the roles we've had, attract players anyway. We've seen that this year. We won't be complacent, but we'll give them what they need um, again, but we'll do it sustainably. Is there anything you're going to do to try and drive attendances into the games on the Sunday? Well, I think we have that challenge um, for both teams, don't we? Because the club, the size of the town, probably we should be getting more more crowd in, uh, greater crowds than we, we we do. And we're blessed with a very, very good support base. So um, we'll be doing that work across both the men's and the women's team this year. Okay. We did a little bit of work on that last year. We tested a fair amount of social media advertising targeting, um, especially targeting new people to the area from London and from across from Brighton to see um, whether we can get any traction with them. I've got Keith, our general manager, going through some of the results of that and see how we can apply some of that thinking to, to this year. We, the message we gave them was National League football on your doorstep. And so 
that was had some traction, and we'll see we'll see what we can do for that this season. And I think we'll apply some of that thinking for the women's as well. Yeah, yeah. and I think with with Brighton as well, obviously they've had a really really successful season, um, which is only going to drive their crowds up and demand for their tickets. So there's going to be an increasing number of people who would attend Brighton games, I would guess, who won't be able to get tickets. So that's a that's a that's a market to try and catch. I'd imagine if you know, do you want your Saturday football fix? Agreed. Agreed. So it's difficult with um, Brighton. Some people say it must be hurting you, and some people say it must be you know a good thing. And I I think it's a good thing that they mm. are on a good trajectory. It's just building up the whole of of football in the area for sure. And mm. um, yeah. Well, Barry, we'll we'll speak to you before the season starts about you know you must have had you will have more meetings. We'll do a pre-season uh, podcast, but just before we wrap it up, just want to ask you what your highlight of the season was. You know, uh, we've had many highlights. We probably you could write an essay on them, but one that stands out for you as chairman. I've got two. Well, I only asked for one, but if you, I'll give you time for two. Then, all right. <laughs> I'm going to give you two. <laughs> that's because one's to do with off the pitch and one's to do with on the pitch, and uh, both of them. That, that's fair. That's fair. Thank you. Off the pitch, um, the fact that we've managed to grow our revenue streams this season to a million pounds, and uh, bearing in mind wow. last year we were at six hundred and fifty thousand, so nearly over a forty percent increase. And I think pre-COVID, well, I don't think I know. Pre-COVID 2019, that number was just over 200,000. So to, it's been a real highlight for me to see the team off the pitch drive that level of income and grow the business, grow the business, the club, the way it has. And of course, there's a lot of costs that you incur to, to drive that extra revenue. But anything we've got out of that that's profit, we've been able to then feed back into playing budget and the, and the stadium. So I think we're on a great trajectory momentum with our with our revenue streams. And then I think on the pitch, the highlight for me was, and it was a turning point, was when we went away to having at Waterlooville. And yeah. we really did. I don't know if you that was. Yeah, it was just an unbelievable performance. And I at that point, I thought, wow, we've arrived. And yeah. I think as fans as well, we were thinking, yeah, we can do this, yeah. Yeah, I thought that. That was a a big game for me. And if I was to say a third, I think Oxford away, also some big learnings there. Just What, the playoff? Yeah, Oxford away in the playoff. Two games away from National League football, so close but so far. Um, And, you know, fine margins. We're only seven goals difference from them in the league. What ifs, you know, just got it got me and has got me very hungry for next season. Mm. Well, what day that was. And Barry, I hope you have time to get a bit of R&R before the season all cracks on. You're having to get the chairman mode on, which you probably never can turn off, really. But um, we look forward to uh, chatting before the season starts. And thanks for joining us and have a wicked summer. Yeah, thanks, thanks Barry. Have a good summer. Thanks, guys. Good job. Well done. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. As as I said, Spencer, it's always nice to speak to Barry. We normally speak to him sort of before and after the season. So, you know, we speak to him most match days and it's always good. And, you know, some good things to come from the club and some exciting things from Rebel Yo as well coming up this uh, in the next few months. But that's it, guys. The season is wrapped. We have had an amazing season full of memories. I think we should go around the room and really sort of talk about our our um our best memory, our best moment of the season. Um, 
Spencer, starting with you, mate, what would you say your best moment of the season's been? Oh, so many, so many. Obviously, winning the the Sussex Senior was, you know, that was a great night. Uh, at Bognor wasn't necessarily the best the best game, to be honest. But you know, the way of winning it with the penalties, uh, it was a great night. Um, sort of a memory that sort of sticks sticks with me, and this is going to be so unique. Um, sort of really early in the season, um, at St Albans away, and we we won. Harrison saved the penalty in the last minute, and it was, it was quite early. Someone said for Brand back in September. And, you know, that, that was a game where it was just, you, you had a bit of realisation of like, yeah, we fit in at this level. We can, we can, we can, we can do this, you know, to come away from a really tough place, a tough game like that. And in that manner, um, and then sort of, you know, we went, we went, we went from there. I think that broke a run of draws as well. I think we'd had quite a run of draws at the start of the season. So, you know, just a bit of a turning point and yeah, that was one that sticks with me. Yeah, How about you, Stu. Maybe from um, not, maybe not point of coach's point of view, but maybe just as a fan of the club's point of view. Uh, yeah, I think for me personally, it was yeah. I think mean, there's moments in the season when you know, like like Spencer says, that you you belong at this level. And I think there's been plenty of lows over the season, but I think for me, the the winning seemed tills uh, saved the penalty. Um, at the Amex uh, in the final was and the celebration afterwards was just up there with yeah. quite one of the most one of the most emotional kind of moments like in the highs and lows of football you can experience you you go through 90 minutes of not playing your best and you, you miss a few miss a penalty or whatever it may be and then and then Tills um, Tills rescues it so you think you're out and you think you've lost it and then Tills it just yeah all the emotions so there's that um, obviously Tills being one of the youth team players as well is a massive difference um, but um, then the last game of the season seeing all the youth team players walk around the outside of the pitch um, I think for me yeah. is um, was yeah again something that's quite yeah it was just nice to see and nice to the, the yeah, the boys get that moment yeah, where no, they can get rewarded for their their graft and their hard work, and and we we often forget the stress and the the worry that goes on these youngsters' shoulders, and they're playing for a big club now. They're playing for a big club, and and they feel a lot of pressure, and they feel a lot of worry and a lot of concerns, and and they're also going through a lot of things in their life as well: puberty, schools, first boyfriends, first girlfriends, whatever it may be. They're going through all these different emotions, and then we're and then adding this stress onto their shoulders of trying to compete to yeah. to get into a, to, to, the, to the side of a national league south side. So, for them just to have that moment walking around the outside of the pitch and just um, where they can just um, lap up the applause and 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 be together as class as well, mate. To be fair, that's no, fantastic. I think for myself, I think one of the turning points of season plus moments was when we went to Dover away for that re reorganised game a rescheduled game and we beat them and I thought god we're actually going to do pretty well this season I think that was a turning point because Dover the way they shithoused us on that first game turning up and like being cancelled and you know I just thought that the way the team performed then was one of the highlights of the season and we can't forget and I'm at the result the Oxford semi-final to see 600 rebels behind the goal in that glorious sunshine singing their hearts out for 90 minutes and you know the emotion of the plane the the, the, the team just gave oh, the, it their the, all the, the support the support for everyone listening who was dead the support was absolutely unreal and 
you know, we put, you know we, put, we, put we put we put we put Oxford to shame. Considering yeah, there has the been for most it has in. been for most of the season. Like honestly, uh, I've, I've the same story. I say it all time and time again. I've got a photo of me standing up in the in, in the in the stand, looking out towards the dugouts. One of my first games involved with the club. There's five or six people behind the dugouts for a home game. Now you can't even see the concrete. Do you know what I mean? It's it's the support. This the the with this. I see people walking, kids walking around town with Worthing shirts on. Like yeah. it's just unreal. Like it's from where this club's come and the, and the support um, from where this club's come from to now is unreal. And the support is just yeah. on a different planet. Um, and the, and it makes a massive difference. The boys, honestly, they they feed off it. Um, they generally do feed off it. Um, and yeah, you are that you are that twelve man almost mm. um, out there for us. So I just hope that we we keep the boys. I know they try to keep playing that faith and and keep pushing you to come to every game, basically. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I think, talking about shirts, we can thank everyone for purchasing our Ripple Yield shirts this year, Spencer. It was a project that we started out to raise some funds for the Sports Association. Both of them sold out in record time. And, you know, we'd just like to thank you. And trust me, we've even been on conversation today. This isn't the end of Rebel Yell's merchandise. And uh, we have a, a very special collaboration coming soon. So keep an eye out of that. And it's going to be amazing. And we look forward to your support then. Um Guys, that's the end of season 22-23. Kind of almost a little bit emotional. Like, you know, it's yeah. all, what a season. Um, Just some see, many see, memories. See, see you next month for the pre-season. Yeah, we will. We'll be back. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> actually, saying that, saying that, Spencer, it's probably the quickest time we've had another podcast after a normal one. Because we promise next year we will try and get you more podcasts on a monthly basis. It's just been a bit hard this year with uh, Do you remember those COVID years? People. Oh, God, yeah. Well, we had more time than anything to do. Those live Isn't Saturday broadcasts and everything, yeah, one a, one a week, wasn't it? At one stage, yeah, one a week, um, awesome. live and um, but we like to thank our sponsors, MK Window Cleaning, Mark, who's always supported Rebel Yell since the start, which is amazing. And this season, we've got Price Jones Electrical, Jason Price, who's done a lot of work around the club, and it's just thank you so much because yeah, thank without, you very much, guys. Without them, we wouldn't be able to bring it to you. And um, you know, thank you for your support, and you know, we know already some of them have said we'd like to sponsor next season so thank you um spencer thanks for being such an awesome co-host i would say pete but he's not here so thanks pete but thanks pete for all the commentary yeah pete's pete's commentary has been sound and you know we appreciate his commentary and i know a lot of you do that are listening so thanks pete for putting in the hours and effort apart from when you didn't go to dover out of principle i, I was going to go behind the goal and turn my phone on live but you told me not to because you didn't want to get us into trouble but uh Stu, thank you for being um you know a fantastic guest every month you you know you're regular um updates and it's nice to do a couple of you co-hosted with me a couple of times this season which has been fab so thank you mate yeah love Thanks you much. and Pleasure. Um, Pleasure. we look forward to seeing more again next season thank you to adam hincherwood and john donahue have popped on every month supplied us with players thank you to nathan support um for supplying men's players for us to speak to and john for supporting the women's team and just thank you for you the fans that have listened um, I say week in week out to Pete that's week in week out but listen to us on a bi-monthly basis it's pretty much been this season but we promise we'll try harder next year right Spence be like the Simpsons should we write 100 lines on the whiteboard saying I will try harder to bring you a monthly <laughs> podcast because we have had people haven't we come up to us when's the next podcast you especially yeah 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 I get spoken to a message all when's the next time podcast when's the next podcast but yeah it's but, been um, another you know amazing it, it, season these, these, these yeah but you know these podcasts do take a lot to put together yeah. and you're not paid for it it's all voluntary I'll do my thing I'll thank James because James does a lot of the donkey work behind the scenes so you know thank you we all do it we all do it for the love of the club don't we Spence and that's the reason we do it and uh, you know we do it for the love of fans so thank you for your kind comments and we look forward to seeing you next season it's not going to be long 
I'm sure the pre-season schedule being out so long, there'll be signings. There's already been a signing. Um, we'll speak to him in the pre-season. But myself, James Spencer, the rest of the Rebel team, Pete, and the rest of the Worthing FC Supporters Association will be out with our membership drive in the pre-season friendlies. So keep an eye on the socials for that. And we look forward to bringing you our first podcast of the season next year. But from myself, James, Spencer and Stu, good night, everyone. See you guys. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 